Okay, Bruce, you got everything stocked up and ready to go? Yeah, I'm going to go around the casino and I'm selling some new candy that I bought. Candy? Yeah. People get hungry in the casino when they're at the slot machines and all that stuff. You got to give uh, some sweets. Get that sugar high going. No, dude. No, 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 no. You have to listen to me. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to go around with gummies. I guarantee. Look, this guy over here, watch. I guarantee you he's going to want gummies. Sir? Yes. Would you like to uh, buy some candy today? Only if you got gummies, because I got a gummy fix, and uh, you I have need them bad. to be kidding me. <laughs> so perfect. Yes, we have gummies. They're on sale today, too. Here, try one, get one free. Oh, this is great. Do you have any Sabic-shaped-looking like gummies? Because I really like the funny-looking ones. Absolutely. Awesome. Right here, have some of those, too. Michael, do you want to try some? I'm, I'm going to go over by the slot machines and... Whatever. Enjoy your stay at Cloud City Casino. What are we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, fucking Cloud. Don't get excited. Welcome, scoundrels, to the 23rd episode of the Cloud City Casino podcast. We're glad to have you here visiting us in our fabulous podcast, Among the Clouds. We are the official collecting and gaming podcast of the StarWarsReport.com, and I'm the administrator of this facility and your host, Michael Morris. With me, as always, Bruce Gibson. I don't think you can say as always. Well, yeah, I guess we are coming off of one that we didn't. Well, as but no, sometimes. I'm always there in spirit. Let's just say that. <laughs> I'm always there in spirit. Right. And speaking of spirit, I'm older now. Did you know that? Are you saying that you're going to, like, pass away like Yoda in Return of the Jedi at any moment? Mm, yes. Fade away. I shall. No. So I had a birthday in October, and I'm at... at so we usually we record remotely over Skype. I'm at my home. You're at your home. But today, I'm in your home with you. That's We're right. We're face-to-face looking at each other. And there's a it's pretty present. weird. Stop giving me the eyes. <laughs> there's, hey. There's a birthday present sitting here, and I'm yes. guessing it's for me. That is for you, but first, let's talk about why we're here at, at my house. Why? Why are we here? Well, because not only do we actually live semi-near each other, you actually live, work like, what, five minutes from my house? Well, with traffic, it's like two hours. Okay, so yeah, that's land of traffic, that's about five minutes. So, but also, we have another local. Really? Yeah. Your dog? No. Okay. Kevin Reitzel. <gasps> Kevin Reitzel's here. Yay, it's me. This is, the, this is a great birthday celebration. <laughs> Hello, guys. How are you? Doing good, man. It is good to be here. I like this. So here's the thing. I know of you from several things. What is your, like, official... Well, like, f- first of all, like, can you say what several things? So, like... <laughs> I'm curious I know now. you... I know... So, all right. So I know you from... The, the Bald Solo office. Podcast. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Not the post office. Why would I know him from the post office? <laughs> well, <laughs> you work there. His picture may be on the wall. I don't know. That's true. Well, yes. that's, that's why I asked. <laughs> okay, so something about so, him being a bald solo person? That's not what I said at all. Okay. Um, also from Skywalking. Yes, yes. And then some, I feel like you've done some other stuff too, right? Yeah, I uh, did obviously uh, Skywalking through Neverland. I've done a lot, some stuff for them. And uh, my, my buddy Robert on the Bald Solo. i uh, been on Jogcast Radio too. My, my buddy uh, um, Alan and uh, a couple other ones. So, yeah. Yeah, oh. see, I listen to Bruce can tell. Bruce is like, 
you listen to all the Star Wars podcasts. I'm like, no, I don't listen to all of them. He's like, how many you listen to? Most of them. Uh, so <laughs> so I have to kind of remember doesn't. which one, you know, so I, I know for sure those two, but I'm yeah. like, I'm pretty sure I've heard him on some yeah. other stuff too. Like I know he, he gets around and he, and he does some <laughs> stuff. So. Yeah, and you got around to the casino. now. That's so right. Yeah. I, I'm excited. This, I'm really excited about this. Uh, excited that you guys are local and uh, you're covering gaming. I love that. Yeah, it's um, pretty awesome. The the five uh, five listeners that we have. <laughs> hey guys. No, I'm just kidding. Hi mom. <laughs> I down <laughs> I downloaded you guys twice, so it's actually four. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So it's so nice to meet you. <laughs> we don't even need to release this episode yeah. now. No. That's so that's yeah, that's four, and then I'm one, and then you're one, and then your mom. So there we go. We're covered. Yeah, this that's is right. Great. It's everybody. I'm just kidding. I know you guys are out there listening. Um, the other seven of you. So the other thing is that it's your birthday. So I know you're super excited. Wait, we're going and back to that now? Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll let you open your present. Is it gummies? Oh, please. Can I have some if it is? <laughs> I, it's non-edible. All right. So, so here we go. go. By, by the way, you this. can head to Target. They have some of their large Star Wars gummies on sale right now for, I think they were like Halloween candy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it is like that a, time. Yeah, they have like a large Darth Vader and I think a Yoda and a, a Stormtrooper or something, so. Oh, wow. I didn't even know they had Star Wars gummies. Yes, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. So let's right? see what you got. Let's see what you got, man. Okay. You're, hey, you're messing up the sound quality. Uh. Open it up over there. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Is that a Star Trek figure? What is that? What is, oh, my God. Dude, I wanted a Star Trek figure. You got me Star Wars. <laughs> this is. What'd you get? What'd oh. you get? No, this is. Um, what's a uh, Sarko. Sarko Plank. Plank, that's right. Yeah. Sarko Plank, who is in Weapons of the Jedi, the young adult novel, by the way. Which, which I, I haven't got to yet. That's the next one. You need to I'm almost that. done so, yeah, with uh, Smuggler's that is Run. That cool figure. And then I'll, I'll move to that and one. And it's a, it's a figure, this image of this character we've seen in one of the stills from The Force Awakens, like I think it was in Vanity Fair. Okay. That character oh, yeah. was in the So he, he seems pretty cool. He, he has kind of like a Zuckus feel to uh, him. And what, so. what book is he in? I'm sorry. Uh, Weapons of the Jedi. Wow. Weapon of the Jedi. Yeah. The that Luke, is a really cool looking uh, figure. Young adult novel in the journey to Star Wars The Force Awakens. Looks like yeah. he has Wookiee hands in this picture. Yeah, he really <laughs> does. Yeah, he's kind of got like Wookiee hands, but like I said, to me, I don't know, he just reminds me a bit of. Uh, of Zuckus, a little you bit, know, yeah. with the he's kind of got that sort of buggy looking yep. face, and he's, and he's got, got the, the breather robes. thing. Yeah. yeah, yes, that plays a part. in That's the a good looking figure. Don't te- spoilers. Well, he's. He, I'm. I'm just saying. Yes, he breathes with it. Thanks. <laughs> Books ruined now. What oh, is this? The, you got the holocron. That is so cool. By the way, <laughs> yeah. I, I own that, and my daughter and I love that thing. So I just took it away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is still in the box. Oh, Ours okay, is not. Good. Oh, thank you. Oh, wow. It can. Oh, wow. I can keep reading your mind, Michael. That's what it says. Oh, it reads my mind. Hey, this is a really. Oh, cool yeah. So now you know how it feels. Oh, this no. is a really cool thing. It's like a really cool twenty questions thing. And uh, like, if you say a character, um, if you're thinking a character, and then you start hitting the buttons, it will start asking you questions. Oh, yeah. And I would say probably. Uh, 
nine times out of ten, it will eventually guess it. It's really cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember when they did the, the testing for it. So it was a like an online app thing. And so I, I was playing with it then. I, I was like, oh, man, I can't wait till this thing comes out because it's a lot of fun. So if well, it's the cool thing about it is if you, if you get bored of it, it just looks great sitting on a shelf as a holocron. Right. So it's really cool. And doesn't it light up? It or does, does it only light up? up? Yes, it okay. does. Yeah. Is it only if you win or just when you turn it on? When or? you turn it on, it'll stay lit for a little while. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It... it I imagine it looks pretty sweet. This was the first and only thing that I got on Force Friday. Okay. This was the first wow. and only thing that I got. I didn't even see that Force yeah. Friday. Oh, yeah. Be- because everything else was gone. <laughs> that's right. I, I, saw, I saw when you showed up. I was like, oh. But that's okay. We were like around 10th in line, and, yeah. and pretty much by the time we got there, everything was gone too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then also a couple packs. Yeah, of so you can the finally play the uh, Galactic Connections. Galactic Connections. Oh, very cool. Check I've been trying out. to find the BB 8 version of one of those. I haven't found it yet. Well, you got to just keep buying. Yeah. <laughs> the the dog tags you. they have, I've bought mm-hmm. like 10 or 12 of those. I still haven't found the BB 8 on that thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, Normally, I'm not a big fan of the, the blind buys, but I'm like. All right, I can't help it, you know, and so I've got like hundreds of them. When it now. comes to gaming, um, it's there's something special about opening up those blind buys, you know, yeah. it goes back to opening up cards. Yeah. So, well, thank you. Speaking of cards, thank you for the, the nice gifts. You just ruined my segue, but you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and you were saying, yeah, so he, he was mentioning cards, and I thought, oh, that's interesting because I remember him saying something about cards. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. You 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 have seen cards in your life. At some yes, point? I I have a history with uh, trading cards and uh, game playing cards, and uh, it goes back to 1977 with the release of the original trading card set of Star Wars. That was my first set. Started there, and Which you've been collecting ever since. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Wow. And so so just to jump off track real quick. So have you seen the uh, the Journey to the Force Awakens? cards that they're doing from tops yes yes i have i have i've bought a few of the actual physical packs mm-hmm. but uh right now i've been doing the card trading app okay. and collecting it that way but uh i'm very pleased with the new cards because they mm-hmm. have that old card stock mm-hmm. yeah which just feels great yeah. it's awesome yeah that's it. why i don't even put mine in the sleeves i've got the, just <sighs> the card boxes so i can actually kind of uh thumb through them when i want to put stuff in order or look at cards and stuff like that if i, I, I love ha- that feel if i had my old bmx bike i would put the one in the spokes to make that <laughs> <noise>. <laughs> yeah uh, sorry but yeah I, I didn't mean to uh jump you off track no that's there, fine, but yeah, yeah those oh man i've been enjoying those so much yeah, yeah <laughs> i have them great. in my car it's like when i'm stuck in traffic i pull them out and look at them. <laughs> <laughs> people are honking quit texting <laughs> i'm not i'm looking at star wars cards <laughs> right but so okay so back uh 1977 yeah, yeah that was a theater. big year. What happened in 1977? 1977. Um, some movie came out called mm-hmm. Star Wars. And how did you end up seeing Star Wars? Why did you go see it? Um, my parents wanted to go see it. Uh, my mom, big sci-fi fan, uh, was into Star Trek original series. And so we went out to the local theater, the, the Arlington Theater. And I was six years old. And I went to go see Star Wars for the first time with them. And uh, just like everyone else, it changed my life. And uh, it was great, though, because uh, my mom would take me to uh, the theater on the weekends and uh, would give me money to go see Star Wars again. And I would stay in the theater all day. That's when it was safe, and they would allow you to do that. (laughs) And uh, would just kind of marathon Star Wars all day. And uh, did that with uh, um, 
Empire Strikes Back too when that came out as well. Okay, awesome. And then you never saw Return of the Jedi. No, I did not. Yeah, I just read the novelization and the comics, and that was it. <laughs> of course I did. Of course you did. <laughs> but it, all the cards then you got involved in back in 1977. You saw the movie and started going and buying the cards yeah. and chewing the gum. Yeah, the cards. The ch- oh, the gum, man, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I, it... Uh, that that was that was that was great because that just made you kept buying more packs even though you had doubles you just wanted more gum more gum. <laughs> then you you didn't realize you weren't actually chewing the gum it was another card. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, yeah. for for us that kept watching Star Wars over and over again, those cards were great because there's images on there that not weren't necessarily in the movie or had were like different angles or outtakes mm-hmm. and stuff. And then on the back of the cards they had those puzzles. Then they had the sticker chase set too. You know and. So that's what was great about the cards that they released for the char- Card Trader app was uh, they, they had that original 7766 card set. And then as an award, they had the uh, 11 or t- was it 11 card sticker set, too, which was great. So, nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the sticker, I, I still have the sticker from the original 77 of the Jawa. There yeah. was like a close-up, and you can almost see his face. Yeah. Like I was always fascinated by yeah. that. You can actually kind of see under the hood. Yeah. And those are just classic, the classic look of the cards. That's why I'm glad they're reissuing it with those new cards to The Force Awakens. Yes, yeah, definitely. Those are great. But let's talk about cards that you can play games with. Ah, uh, yes. All right. Yes, so, I know a little something about that. So there's a reason we're talking <laughs> cards here. We're getting there. Slowly but surely, That's we're making the segue. That's why you have me here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so you used to work for Decipher. Yes, used to work for Decipher, uh, um, based out of Norfolk, Virginia. They uh, produce the uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, and Lord of the Rings trading cards. Um, they first started with Star Trek in 1994, if I remember correctly, and um, then Star Wars followed uh, soon after that. Okay. Yeah. And um, so, so, um, how'd you end up I'm working there? there we go. Oh, oh, well, okay. Well, first <laughs> of all, um, I started. Uh, I remember I was at my local comic book shop, Metro Comics, in Santa Barbara, California, and uh, I was in a band at the time, and my singer was a teacher. And he uh, um, was seeing all these magic cards that a lot of the kids were playing. And uh, I was uh, a big Star Wars fan, and there was a guy that worked there. And he said, hey, you know, there's a Star Wars, uh, or Star Trek and Star Wars card games that are coming out. And so I started playing those. Uh, I wasn't into magic, um, because I was more into sci-fi at the time. And uh, I got really good at the Star Trek one, and then Star Wars came out, and I really got good at that game. And... um, they started uh, a championship circuit, started holding these regionals where if you won this regional, you would get an expense, all expense paid trip to their first world finals in 1996 in Vail, Colorado. And they chose Vail because they wanted to kind of promote the Hoth expansion set at the time. And uh, so uh, I won a regional in Las Vegas. And... Um, uh, after that, we went to, I think we drove overnight to uh, Sacramento, and my good friend won one there, and uh, we went out to the World Finals. But uh, I was really good at that game. Going into that World Championship, I was ranked number one in the world. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. 
And uh, I'm nervous sitting next to you. <laughs> <laughs> and it was cool because I had done some articles for Scry Magazine. I don't know if you remember Scry Magazine. It was the uh, it was the Bible for uh, card game aficionados. Um, okay. And they had they also it was a seal that it, when you bought it in the store it came sealed because they would have promo cards inside of it. And they would also have a listing of all the cards and their sets and promo cards. And uh, but they also asked people. Um, to write in with their deck designs, and uh, I would—I did that several times. They asked me to do it because they noticed me on the championship circuit. And uh, um, I think out of like, I want to say around 40, 45 uh, people from around the world, I came in fourth overall. Uh, and that kind of got my name on the radar with the company. And then I became a volunteer for them. I uh, volunteered and ran Star Trek and Star Wars tournaments, and. Uh, um, Helped them at conventions. So when they came to San Diego Comic-Con, I would go down there and help them out and teach people how to play games. And then I started kind of doing these little road trips for them. I would go to Las Vegas and run a tournament for them or something like that. And uh, eventually, um, I got hired in 1999 for the release of the Episode One products that was coming out. They had Young Jedi, which is a, a really quick, kind of like easier learn to game. Um, kind of like a more easier version of War, I mean, a harder version of War. It was just real quick, real quick, fun uh, game to play. And then, of course, the Star Wars uh, game itself. Uh, they had Episode One releases coming out, and uh, I was their uh, traveling salesman. The first year, um, had to move out to Virginia for that because they're based out of Norfolk, Virginia. I was on the road for like seventy percent of the year, um, just going to retail shops, teaching people how to play games, going to all the conventions. We went to the first Star Wars celebration in Denver, Colorado. But that was miserable. Well, you know, it's fu it wasn't funny. It wasn't for me. That's sarcasm. Well, what's funny, I know, but yeah. that's famous because uh, a lot of it rained that entire weekend. Right. And uh, people weren't, you know, trying to go outside to other parts of the convention in the big tent of the dealership. But we were in the exhibit hall. Mm -hmm. And so I was inside the whole time. Right. <laughs> so, right. so I didn't have a problem with it. But uh, um, it, was a, it was still a really fun experience to be part of the first one. Oh, yeah. So. So anyway, I stayed with Decipher uh, for, you know, for like, was it five years, I think. And eventually I was promoted to the volunteer coordinator. It was my job to bring on volunteers uh, from around the world to uh, help promote our games, you know. And then we had gotten the Lord of the Ring license. And, um, uh, you know, we would give them free swag for helping us out. And uh, I organized uh, um, their help at the convention as well. And then eventually I got promoted to the convention coordinator. Uh, I set up help organized and set up all the decipher booths of all of the uh, shows that we went to as the wizard worlds you know comic cons um all these different conventions i got to go to essen germany for the game fair they had there every year uh which is probably the biggest convention i've been to it's huge when it comes to gaming especially board gaming there um but you couldn't be competing anymore now. No, right? no, I could not be competing at the time. I would sometimes, well, sometimes we would have like uh, challenges. We would do bounty tournaments where you have to beat the Decipher employee. If you did, you got like maybe a box of cards, you know? <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. But yeah, I wasn't competing at the time. Once I started working for Decipher, um, but I would still, like, not, I wouldn't compete obviously for championships, but I could still play in tournaments, you know? Okay. Um, but I couldn't play any championship style tournament, right. you know? Right. Um, cause it was fun for people to play us because we were all good players and we would also have promotional stuff we would give away, you know, if you came to our tournaments and the retailers like that too, because, uh, you know, they'd get more business into their store. 
Um, but the best part about working for Decipher and that whole thing was the uh, meeting the volunteers and the friendships that I had kept, kept since, you know, and have some dear friends in Germany and Sweden that I stay in touch with still all the time. So, Okay, awesome. Yeah. So now here's something I'm really curious about mm-hmm. without, uh, I know it may be kind of a little hard to, to give details to someone who, who's not played the game or doesn't know, but now when you said you, you went into fourth place, what, what was your deck? Like what were you playing with at that time? If you can. Well, it, it, that's a good question actually, because a lot of the popular decks at that time, and keep in mind there was only like two sets out at the time, mm-hmm. uh, that the, uh, for that first world championship, the Hoth set was out but it wasn't legal because not everyone around the world had it yet. So you only play with uh, the first set and New Hope. Um, so a lot, of, uh, a lot of the decks were popular were based on the ground. You had a little bit of space as well, but they called them ground pounder decks. You know, you had uh, Vader and, and Luke and, you know, fighting together or fighting, fighting against each other with lightsabers. And there was a little bit of space here and there. So we decided to flip that. Uh, we decided to go mostly space and then use spies and stuff like that on the ground to stop what they were trying to do. There's a certain strategy with that. So we went, you know, dark side was really strong in space. Light side was not. But we decided to do that because a lot of dark side decks are mostly going ground, not going in space. And so I had one of those decks that w- that the both decks that went uh, strong in space on both of them, and that took us really, really far, especially uh, through our championship game. Because there was, you know, as you know, when you play these games, once one or two deck does really good, everyone copies it. Right. And so we tried to uh, tech against it, as we called mm-hmm. it. And uh, it, w- it worked for my friend and I at the time to do that. Okay. Um, and it's funny, because I brought him here, uh, the original decks that I played, and... Um, uh, it's so funny because uh, when we were collecting cards and opening up packs, I opened up Vader's like left and right like they were candy. And <laughs> no one could do that. I got so lucky opening up Vader's because that was the card everyone wanted. But I could not open up like an Obi-Wan to save my life. So I was trading them, you know, trying right. to get them. You were stuff. going to the dark side. <laughs> yes, <sure>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, back then, that that's that was the those were the popular decks. And, uh, you know, of course, as more sets came out, uh, it got a lot more competitive and the tech changed so much. So okay. what, what's the basic gameplay of this? The way, what you do is you make a, a dark side deck and a light side deck, okay? And you, you, uh, you, know, you throw in locations, you throw in ships and characters and weapons. And the way it works, when you go to a tournament, you play four games. You play two with your light and two with your dark. So when you're playing your light, your opponent's playing their dark, and then you switch it out. And your deck is your life force, okay? And there's ways to basically drain your opponent of your life force, which is make them lose cards. And um, when you're... Uh, when you're deploying cards, there's a cost and you have to spend a certain amount of stuff and it's called spending force. And your locations that are on the table have these little lightsaber, light for the you know, uh, blue for the uh, uh, light side and red for the dark side. Those allow you to activate more force and then you spend more force. And you either force drain, meaning you control a location where your opponent is not, and that makes them lose force until you force them to come to you, or you battle them. And then there's something called battle damage. If you have, if you're stronger and more powerful, your opponent loses more force, and that totally whittles your deck away. So the person who wins is the one that still has life force and has has uh, basically drained their opponent of it. So you keep track of that, and you keep track of your differential and how much you've won by, and um, and that is how you uh, you 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 play your game and some people always complain, you know, light side wasn't as strong for a while and that changed, you know, when certain sets came out. 
Um, but uh, that's what you do. When you go to a tournament, you make a light and a dark. Okay. And that's um, not, not to jump too far ahead because I know we were going to talk about this later, but I know that's kind of how it is with the, the new living card game. You know, LCG, they, yes. Yeah, so for, for them, they've done the same thing where they have the light and dark side deck for, yep. for tournaments as well. Yeah, it so. really gives the feel for Star Wars. You know, right. when you're playing your light, you're fighting against the dark and vice versa. Okay. And uh, the way the mechanic that Decipher had for the original Star Wars card game um, a lot of magic players played Star Wars and a lot of different people that played other games love Star Wars because of that mechanic. And for those that are listening that know what I'm talking about, they know. And uh, that mechanic for the original Decipher Star Wars card game is so coveted and is people just loved it so much and they miss it so much. It is one mm-hmm. of the most unique and it just it works for the game. It feels like you're playing Star Wars when it comes to that original game mechanic. Okay, very cool. Yes, unfortunately, uh, I remember seeing it, the those packs. You know, it was like that uh, black and silver packs in Toys R Us. Yes. But, you know, at the, at that time, let's see, because I remember it was probably around 95 was when they hit or? 95, yeah, 95. Somewhere yeah, in there. Like, yeah. So, um, so I remember that, but I could only afford, you know, because that was the same time that the, the Hasbro figures hit. Yeah. And, you know, my allowance was like three bucks a week. So, <laughs> And you were just a baby at the time, too. <laughs> yes, I was just a baby at the time. So, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, I can get these, but if I, you know, because those things, those Hasbro figures were coming out so fast back then, you know, it's well, not, one, not the case today, but, uh, <laughs> well, I just, yeah, no, I rem- remember that, that time, especially those, those two, uh, those, those two, um, deck sets that came out at, if you still find those sealed and it's tough, but those, mm-hmm. those are really cool to find at Toys R Us. One thing I did want to mention was that we had at Decipher, there was such a great creative force of, of the play testers and the, and the designers. And one of the coolest things was, is before I got hired at Decipher, I was a play tester for them too. I remember I got asked on to play test the Java's Palace playset, which a lot of people were looking forward to, not just because of Java, because there were so many creatures mm-hmm. oh, from wow. oh, that yeah. scene. And I remember when that set came out, there was, uh, it seemed like, you know, the majority of the cards were just character cards. But the mm-hmm. cool thing that they did, not a lot of people that, didn't work or help with decipher know this that a lot of the creatures didn't have names at the time by lucasfilm and so decipher had the license to come up with names that would have to be approved by lucasfilm and a lot of them did and what they did was they would use anagrams of people that worked there and some of and also award some of the people that were play testers or great volunteers and they would take their first and last name, change it up as an anagram, and uh, make it that character. And they got approved by Lucasfilm. So a lot of the stuff that is considered canon, there is real people that have names in the Star Wars universe. And I am proud to say I am one of those. Ooh. Oh, nice. Yes. So, so which one... Now, don't get too excited. <laughs> the alien is not like someone that stands out as that person is awesome. But uh, do you remember in Jabba's Palace, there is a... Jabba's palace guard that was standing next to Luke as Luke was addressing uh, Jabba. Yes. And Luke realizes that there's nothing else he can do, so he uses the force to grab someone's blaster. Well, that character, his name is Velkin Tazeri, 
that is him. And also, you see him again uh, at the uh, Sarlacc scene when Luke gets his lightsaber. He's the first one into the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> hey, man, that's awesome. But his name is Velcantazeri, and uh-huh. if you Google him, you'll see it. Um, but that is my first and last name as an anagram. So technically, I'm canon. That's, that is <laughs> wow. great. Dude. And, and I'm so glad you brought that up because that was something that I knew about and should have remembered to put in my notes but didn't. Um, but yeah, so a lot of people talk about the old, oh man, and now I can't think oh, of the it. West End? Oh, the West End. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I'll edit to make it sound like my idea. Um, <laughs> the West End game. He always takes credit for my ideas. That's not true. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the, the West End games, everyone talks about how they created so much of the canon, but honestly, people either don't know or forget how much Decipher did. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm really glad you brought that up because there's so much reference to the characters of, um, you know, I listen to a lot of Star Wars podcasts uh, and it's funny because I, one of the other ones I listen to is Star Wars in character mm-hmm. and they, they uh, right. do a lot of history of those characters and a lot of that comes from Decipher yep. and there's a lot of really creative people that came up with a name like, you know, one of them was Will Hood. Yeah. You know, there mm-hmm. was a, a card called Cloud City uh, Tabana Gas Miner, and there's Wilbur Hood, and inside the uh, the lore, you see his name on there, you know? Yeah, because these cards aren't just about the names. I mean, there's descriptions of yes. these characters, mm-hmm. so you're giving them a whole backstory that yes, didn't exist. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it, West End does get a lot of credit because they did start it, um, but, you know, they didn't cover, like, you know. But the ones that they ones. did cover, that's what they used into the decipher cards. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that had, had some of the names decipher uh, would either carry it on, I believe. Yeah. But there was so many that didn't Mm -hmm. have any names and any backstories. Right. Yeah. It's, I I wish I could remember, see if I was good at my job, I would have already been looking through (laughs) some of these to talk about, but you know, I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. And then I'm thinking, I'm like, wait, I know some of these because a lot of times, you know, that's that's just what I do for fun is I'll look them up. You can, yeah. uh, there was one thing I showed you, the, the toy room, but I didn't show you next to my nightstand. I have like all the reference books. Right, right. You know. Um, it's funny because I see action figures that have these names that Decipher came up with. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I went to a convention with that guy, you know, like Tana right. Sp- Spajek, you know, Justin Pakes, former coworker of mine, and he's <laughs> from Australia. And, you know, that was named after him, you know, Josh Poor and all these other weird guys, you know, it's funny. Yep. <laughs> uh, and it's great. And, and I mean, even uh, Lucas has, I, I don't know if he was the one to initially use the anagrams or if he's sort of adopted that, but when asked about what planet Obi-Wan was from, he gave Stu John, yep. you know, because it was on the John Stewart show. <laughs> so... Yep. You know, that, that same process has been uh, continued at so least. So what's yeah. Ray's last name? <laughs> <laughs> God, if I could tell you that, I don't know if I'd be here right now. <laughs> <laughs> he would be seeing the movie on the 14th instead yeah. of the 17th. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I mean, one thing, and I, I could be wrong on this, you can correct me if I am, but even Fake Wedge was sort of, uh, that was sort of figured out through decipher no, wait what's fake wedge yes fake wedge so the guy in the the uh death star briefing yeah okay who luke corrects yeah was actually wedge yeah yes. but it's a that. different actor right and apparently he was fired in the middle of, of production and then they got in um can't think of his name. At the, the story moment. I heard was that he couldn't make a shoot or something. I don't know if okay. he was fired. Okay, maybe, so maybe but uh, right. yeah. Then they brought in the famous Dennis Lawson. Dennis and Lawson. Right. I'm glad you brought that up because when that card was released for Decipher, it came in the second set, A New Hope. They released Wedge, and everyone was like, "What? 
Why are you releasing this one? That's not Wedge. And I hadn't started working for Decipher at that time. And uh-huh. Wedge is one of my favorite characters. But then, you know, you know, we did our homework. We realized that was the first Wedge. And then mm-hmm. the Wedge we all know and love was eventually uh, released uh, in the Hoth set. So, and then why did they have to call fake wedge wedge anyway? He's not (laughs) referred to as wedge in the movie. They could have just said he was somebody else. I know. I know that that's uh, that that's one of those questions. A lot of fans have been asking, but I don't know. I I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I think to this day, he's still fake wedge. I, you know, it's funny is I do have his autograph, fake wedge's autograph. Oh wow. Cause he, he showed up (laughs) at fake autograph. He showed up at celebration four in Los Angeles and uh, I knew that he was going to be there and I brought it, but I didn't call him fake wedge to his face. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So he just showed up as wedge. Yeah. Since I haven't gotten Dennis Lawson's autograph on a card yet, I I had to at least go with second best. So (laughs) yeah. Well, and, and see, and that's the thing, like if I was fake wedge, I, I would I would own it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like totally. I, I would told I'd be like, yeah, I'm fake wedge. You yes. know what I mean? Because right. th- that's the thing. Just and I think a lot of the Star Wars uh, character actors have kind of realized that now. You know, for instance, the uh, Tim Rose. Yes. You know, he's he's all about. That's right. It's a trap because you know he knows like fans love that. The only you know? person who hasn't owned it yet is Jake Lloyd. He really needs to take a, a page out of everyone else's book and, and own that. Jake <laughs> Jake Lloyd would you know honestly. Probably, and you're, and you're gonna laugh, Ben, because it's funny. But thinking in my head, one of the top, at least top five, right? Because I think probably Kenny Baker's number one of what I want right now for an autograph. Uh, maybe Frank Oz, those two, right? But so we'll say top three that I can think of at the moment, at least. I would love to have Hayden Christensen's sign, and you know, because they'll always kind of personalize. I just want it to say. I don't like sand, <laughs> Hayden Christensen, <laughs> because I love that line. It yeah. is so funny to me, you yeah. know, and, and people are like, oh, I hate it. And I'm like, it's hilarious. See, he always likes the opposite of what everybody <laughs> <is>. <laughs> It's true, but it, no, it's that line. That I is, like the line, too. It's, it, it's so, it's great. And if you watch it and you can just be like, here it comes. Here, this is going to be right. so good. You can enjoy it so much more. And I mean, he even gives like a little chuckle like, God, I'm it's you so know, funny you mention uh, Frank Oz because of all of the Star Wars uh, autographs that I have, he's top on my list right there next to Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah. 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 Those two, definitely hard to get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a few people that you're just like, oh, man, that's the holy grail. I've got about almost everyone else, but those are the holy grails that I would mm-hmm. love to get. So, <laughs> so who, who else? Let's see. Uh, living, of course. Uh, who else would be hard besides those two? Uh, one that I have, I know that's hard, especially have both of them on the same card, is um, getting, uh, um, well, the Darth Vaders, you know. Right. Um, getting them to sign the cards. Uh, but... Uh, um, I'm trying to blank though. Um, Darth Vader, uh, the, the voice of Darth Vader, uh, James Earl yes, Jones. Thank yeah. you. James Earl Jones. I have one with his autograph on it and David Prowse. Yeah. Uh, but getting James Earl Jones is a real tough yeah. one. To get yeah. I, I just thought of that when you said, yeah. I was like, Oh, of course. I'm um, so <laughs> one of the hardest ones, but it's mm-hmm. been easy lately. If you can go to the star Wars celebration though, is Ian McDermott. And I was lucky enough to get right. his autograph, but uh, he's starting to make the rounds, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, Frank Oz uh, did his first public appearance recently that I was at at the uh, Star Wars weekends. Right, um, but he he doesn't do autographs. Yep, um, and of course right. Harrison Ford. Yep. So hopefully, yeah. <laughs> you know, good luck with that. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, you know, when I go to those shows, though, I always have a Harrison Ford. Han Solo card with me. Oh, yeah. Just in case. You know, I mean, honestly, 
you know, it, it probably wouldn't hurt just to always have a Harrison yeah. Ford card, yeah. with, you know, because you, you never know. Yeah. Um, you know, just, so when we were out there, we actually ran into, um, oh my God, hold on. Let me take just a second because I, I don't want to say his name wrong and I can't think of it at the Are moment. Are you talking about for Celebration Anaheim? For Celebration right, Anaheim. Right, right, right. Mark Hamill. No. Well, I mean, yeah, we, we met him. But Billy D. Williams? <laughs> no, no, no. This is, this is not a Star Wars actor. And, oh. and this is what was so great. So we, we go in to see the, the trailer and everything, right? That, that panel. Right. And um, we come out. And on the way out the door, we end up finding out that we were actually uh, right by... Justin Bieber. No. Uh, Paul Shear. If you know who that is, Paul Shear. Are you talking about the Paul? Yeah, yeah. He's the one that's on the league. Yeah, <laughs> comedian. Yeah. So, so we were watching. Like he was over by us watching uh, the Force Awakens. That trailer. is so funny. Wow. Yeah. And so we actually uh, we got our pictures, Christy, because Christy goes Andre, and I'm like, here's a real nick. Because I have to, <laughs> I have to remind her sometimes that like. There's a certain way that you should. I wonder. I would with. ask him a fantasy football question if he actually knows his stuff, <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, but he he was so good because he took pictures with us, and I'm like, no, That's no, no, great. and he because he took one with Christy because she really wanted one, right, and right. he's like, do you want one too? And I'm like, well, I mean, or Christy's like, do you want? I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. And he goes, no, I'll take one with you. So he was he was really good. So there's uh, that's awesome. There's with her, <laughs> and then with me. Wow. So, um, well, that tells you right there just how important Star Wars is to everyone. Right. Because these guys are just huge Star Wars fans. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and that, that's the thing. We, we ran into Grant Imahara. He was hanging out. Wow. Um, so if you, not just uh, Star Wars celebrities go to Celebration, but also Celebration. I mean, it just Star Wars is huge. Well, you that's know? right. That's I mean, we were there, all three of us, and we're that's celebrities. That's true. Exactly. Right? We are... We are known to six or seven people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the cool thing about working for yeah. Decipher is we did so many conventions um, at a lot of these places, and we actually had a lot of Star Wars celebrities sign in our booth. You know, um, so that's how you got some of your autographs. Yeah, right? yeah, I, but you know that and that kind of started me uh, wanting to get more. And of course, when you get autographs on cards, it takes up less space. At least it's supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and then we also had. Um, uh, we did the expanded universe set and uh, we hired local models at the time to be Mara Jade. And everyone knows uh, the, who Mara Jade is now. Uh, Shannon, um, uh, she was originally, she was Shannon Baxa, uh, but she had gotten married. She has, it goes under another name now. Um, and uh, uh, that was really cool because uh, she instantly became the face of Mara Jade. Very sweet lady too. Um, she's really good with fans and uh, um, you know, a lot of those other uh, uh, characters of expanded universe like Thrawn, you know, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn was played by one of our Decipher employees at the time. Uh, oh, no, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but the other cool thing about that was, though, that we actually had um, Timothy Zahn, who had authored, obviously, uh, you know, Heir to the Empire in those, that trilogy. He came on and did one of his characters, uh, Talon Card. Right. He got to actually, you know, be, can you imagine writing a character <laughs> in a book that became so popular, and then you get to be that character. Michael Stackpole yeah. got to be Cornhorn. I mean, we flew them oh, out there and, and, and <laughs> dressed them up. Okay. Uh, and that was really cool. We had those guys signing in our booth. Uh, we've had, uh, I remember we had Richard Lapomontier, who played Mahdi. Uh, uh, Paul Blake, who played Greedo. Uh, Michonne Bourignet, who was um, um, uh, Aura Singh. 
um, you know, it, it was great. It was, it was, it was a fun time to, uh, to be, you know, just like now it was really fun to, uh, be in the revitalization of star Wars with the episode one stuff coming out and, mm-hmm. you know, and meeting these people and getting their autographs. Oh yeah. Now didn't, um, you were talking about some of those now, uh, Yazani Izard, wasn't that another one that y'all did? We did not do that card. Did not do, okay. uh, that was probably going to happen eventually before, okay. uh, unfortunately, that Cypher had lost the license to um, Wizards of the Coast, um, so they could not continue doing more, Okay, un- unfortunately. Um, but uh, there was, um, what was it, uh, uh, a couple, several other characters that we had that we hired models uh, to be to do that and uh, um, Shannon obviously Mara Jade uh, she was the standout of that and I remember there was an right. a, a insider cover with her on there as well yeah she yeah. I mean she because I remember uh, I remember and it may not have been the first one or whatever but I, I remember the card with her on it yeah and it was in like Star Wars Insider or yep. Wizard Magazine or something like that um, and then it seems like shortly after that, she was on magazines yeah. and everything. What, yeah. what a lot of people don't know, too, was that she did a photo shoot where there was a light side version of her. Um, and uh, uh, the there's some pictures out there, but, and there was eventually going to be a card with her as a light side Marge 8. Because, you know, if you know, obviously, the EU, that happens later on. Um, but uh, that, that was a very extensive photo shoot. Uh, she did both a dark side version and a light side version. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I remember uh, getting in the mail a Star Wars Insider, yeah. and there she was on the cover. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was like before the internet, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. It was there at the it was the, the birth. No, of, you it know, was like, like when was people you still used to read magazines. You know? Yeah, <laughs> because everything you saw was like always illustrations. Yeah, and, and these were like real life people playing these characters, and yeah. it really gave like that whole like you could actually picture them maybe in the movies with the actual actors like a Mark right. Hamill. Yeah. Whatever, so. When Decipher brought those cards to life, it was a big deal because there's so many fans, you know, of the extended universe. And before um, Disney bought uh, Lucasfilm, that was canon, you know, right. and seeing these cards come to life. And, uh, you know, I see Michael Stackpole every year at Dragon Con and oh, I always talk to him about it. And uh, that was one of his highlights of his career at that time doing that. And uh, he still gets a lot of people asking him to sign his card and uh, see <laughs> Timothy, too. He comes to Dragon Con as well. He's he's great. Um, and uh, the other cool thing about that, too, is we struck up a friendship with us, uh, uh, Steve Sansweet, because uh, he was building his collection uh, of all of his collectibles and, you know, doing, getting rid, you know, doing the whole Rancho Obi-Wan thing. And we had a really good relationship with him at the time because we would always send him a complete set of all the cards that came out and he loved it. It was great. And he, uh, mm-hmm. he always helped promote us too. He always come by our booth and we talk and hang out with him. Of course, if anyone's meet Steve, they, they know that he talks with everybody. Oh he's, yeah. He's really good with the fans. One of the, the mini podcasts that he, I listened to and he, he's on, he was talking on there and he was talking about his, you know, the Star Wars Encyclopedia. And I want to say, don't quote me for sure on this, but I want to say the the short of it was that they told him, oh, you know, it's it's a sweet gig. Don't worry about it. Most of the stuff's already we have. You're mostly just organizing it. And he's like, they did not have it organized. <laughs> and I want to say that what he said he had to do was basically rely on the Decipher cards and the yes. West End games for all of that information. Yep. And he pretty much just pulled everything from there for it. And it... I remember being in a Barnes and a Noble, a Barnes and a Noble, a Barnes and Noble, and I remember it was a two-story Barnes and Noble. I have no idea where that would be. 
But it was a two-story Barnes and Noble, and I remember just looking at all these cool Star Wars reference books and things, and seeing that uh, that encyclopedia, and being like, "Oh, I want that." Yeah, I want he, that. he pulled a lot from Decipher. He, in uh, you know, and I'm glad that he did because I know that he had binders full of all those cards that we saw. Oh yeah, you know, and he was very gracious to that. You know, which was it was uh, it was always fun to talk to him about that. And every now and then, when I run into him. Uh, I remember I saw him at uh, Star Wars Celebration 2 Europe in Germany, and I, I met up with him again, and he's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. And he's The cool thing about him, a lot of people that don't know, when Decipher lost the license to, um, to Wizards of the Coast, Wizards of the Coast um, was owned by Hasbro. And Lucasfilm at the time had a huge stock, or had a huge amount of Hasbro stock. So if you think about it, do the math, they kept it in family. That's why, that's why uh, Decipher could not could not continue with the license because they gave it to in-house. Right. But I remember uh, Steve Sansi was a, was a huge fan and proponent of us keeping the license. He lobbied saying, you guys got to let them, got to let Decipher keep the license because they're doing it right. And uh, when we lost it and it went to, um, the card gaming license went to Wizards of the Coast, they released their own version and it just was not the same. You know, it was rolling dice. It was chance, you know. And, uh, you know, they, they did release some cool-looking cards, but the card game play was not there. Yeah, and it, it didn't last very long at no, all. it didn't. I mean, it's, yeah. it was, what, just a couple of years? Yeah, it was like, you know, they, they, were, they were, if I remember correctly, I had been told they had to release a certain amount of sets under the contract that they had, and they did, but then after that was done, it was done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, Unfortunately, that's that's one. Uh, it's it seems like no, I, I didn't play during that time. I'm not really familiar with the game. I have seen game play. Um, it, I don't know. It's honestly not to be rude, but it sounds a little dumbed down. Yeah, yeah you know, right. um, yeah. it is sort of like you play on sort of a cheap little mat that they, that comes in the starter. And, and yeah, Michael just, was known for being the best player at the dumbed down game <laughs> in the world. I was so good. Well, be, be, was, a, being a collector, I beat like four or five six year olds. It was awesome. Well, being a, a collector of obviously the decipher cards, um, when they released their promo cards, the special foil versions, the chase cards, they did a really good job with those. The treatment on the foil cards. Um, the ones that you chase on sets and stuff was great, but when uh, when Wizards of the Coast did it, they were really dark. They did not pop, and that was a that was another thing that a lot of collectors had, uh, not just players had with the, the the Wizards of the Coast set, but collectors too. They just weren't as good quality, made out of a different stock too. Yeah, you know, we get picky about that when you really collect good cards. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I was saying earlier with those, those tops cards just. Feeling, yeah, them, you yeah, know, yeah, and just I mean, no cards feel like that today, unfortunately. No. Yeah, and you know, so you, you're not going to get that. That I wish everyone could kind of go back to that, but it's not going to happen. I guess probably with play play cards, you couldn't get that thick. Uh, so I guess we'll, I guess I'll let them pass on that. <laughs> but um, yeah, but do you think that any of that game will come back in some? Uh, you mean the decipher engine? Yeah, yeah, that's something that a lot of fans have been wanting for years. Um, and one, th- I did want to take this moment to mention that um, when Decipher lost, was losing the license, they actually called upon volunteers and customers and fans to keep the game going afterwards. And right now, there is a volunteer base called the uh, Star Wars Players Committee that actually creates new cards and gameplay, you print them out on your computer and you slide them into your old cards and card sleeves. So if you have a Luke Skywalker, um, the cool thing about it too is that it keeps the collectability of the cards through eBay and trading high still because they make these little slips that you put down into your cards, but you still have to have the original card to play these things. Mm -hmm. But 
um, they have done versions where uh, they'll create a brand new card, like the whole image, and then you just, you know, you have to find some certain common card and you have to place it behind that one. Um, but they have kept the game going and there's still tournaments. There's still a championship circuit that's being run by this players committee. And there's a local players group here in Atlanta that still does it. My friend Philip Gladney has taken it over. And uh, um, what the cool thing about it was there were so many of these virtual cards out there that had gone for so many years. They actually decided to do a reset to try and get old players back and new players into the game. Uh, last year, they kind of started with a base set of, I think, around 75 cards for the light and 75 cards for the dark. And um, uh, it's great because uh, they've kind of started certain theme decks now, so people that want to uh, get back into the game, they can. But I want to give them props because they're doing a great job, and you know these are people with normal jobs like us that are on their own time. They do this and they create this. And Decipher had a huge hand in starting that. You know, they they gave them a lot of the original programming. Uh, and art and backdrops or whatever they needed to create these cards to make them look like the original Decipher cards. Okay, that's fantastic. And now, wh where could uh, someone find the... Uh, if, if you were wanting to, to jump in on this with, with these uh, digital cards, where would you go? Well, the first thing, uh, obviously, get on Facebook if you can do that because um, uh, Philip has a, uh, a Facebook... A that's what a lot of people are doing. They have local Facebook groups. But you can also go online to the Star... Look for Star Wars Players Committee. They have their own website. And you can download the, the current sets. And you can also look at the archives of the old original Decipher sets and, and go from there. Um, but uh, we have a there's a Facebook the Atlanta Star Wars CCG I think it's SWCCG you can go there and kind of introduce yourself obviously you guys can contact me I'll give you guys my contact information um, but uh, the website and there's also a Star Wars um, there's several Star Wars uh, 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 CCG Facebook pages too uh, for people that are still collecting and and trading and stuff like that. But you'll find it if you do a search for for Star Wars CCG or Star Wars collectible card game. But Star Wars Players Committee is the one the volunteer group that does, and you can look them up online. Okay, yeah, because yeah. that's like I said when I was younger, I was like, oh, I really want to get into this, and just you know through the years, like it's still something that I'm like, oh, I'd like to get those. But you know, I'm like, well, I'll just look on eBay, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it is really tough. There's a, there's that story that we hear a lot. There's a lot of players that sold their old cards and stuff. And they want to get into it. But one thing you'll find out too is that if there is a local player base, which there is here in Atlanta, a lot of us have still a lot of cards, a lot of decks that you can borrow and use and get right. into um, and uh, with enough trading and, and once you get in the community you'll find the cards that you need and you know there's still there's still a lot of sealed product out there for some of the uh, uh, sets that were released you know, a lot of but then there's some of those sets out there that you just can't find anymore if you do they're really really ex expensive oh, like yeah. the reflections three and the reflections two and Death Star 2 and the, the feed and like the episode one based stuff is really hard to find and it is a little pricey. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see. <laughs> I'll have to see how it goes. I'm at least have to wait till after the force awakens is out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, now, cause that would add new play, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, that would be great though, to have that engine with, uh, the force awakens as a brand new palette. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be. Cause you said uh, that you worked on episode one, but did you do two and three? Yeah. Uh, no, we only had the license at the time. Uh, episode one, so uh, decipher had, that. yeah, decipher oh, okay. had lost the license uh, at, at the time that we couldn't do two or three. Okay. And yeah, so I, I know for sure that, uh, What'd you say, Wizards of the Coast? Yeah. Or, okay. I can't. Yeah. I get them mixed up with WizKids, but um, 
I know they ended up with it during episode two, and so they had a set out for that. But I don't know if anybody was making anything for episode yeah, three. Yeah, I don't know about three. I don't yeah. think they did. Like, as like at that at that time, I think everything sort of went defunct, and yeah. there just was no card game anymore. The uh, the players committee that's creating the new cards, they've gone as far as creating us. Um, like, they would actually hire some models that have done cosplay, and okay. they would take a picture of them and use that as as the characters. You know, like there was. Uh, like Aya Sakura, they had a cosplay model do a, a version of her and okay. Anakin Skywalker and Star Killer and stuff like that. So they've done, Very they've cool. gone to the EU and done that. It's been really cool. Okay, that's awesome. Um, so now, so we talked about uh, during that time. Now then, of course, Fantasy Flight now has the um, the the license, and they picked up in 2012. And the first time I played the game was. I want to say it was shortly around that time that it, it had come out, but of course our, our mutual friend Robert or Bald Solo had mm-hmm. picked it up, and he's like, "There's this new card game, and we're gonna play it." And I'm like, "All right, let's do it." Yeah, he and I <laughs> picked it up at the same time. Did you? Okay. And I remember we went to um, Super Games and played it and, and tried to play it for the first time, okay. and because uh, we were both really excited about it, and we were we were collecting the first set. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. yeah very cool. And you know, I can't even remember what side I played at the time or what side he played or who won. I know we played it. I remember that part. I remember <laughs> sitting down, um, you know, and I, I remember the, um, the only card I really remember was the, uh, the little Android person. Uh, I can't even think of the name of that card right now, but, um, yeah. So, so like I said, that was my, my introduction to it. And then let's see either this year or, or so 2014, 2015, somewhere in there was when I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and buy these, you know, because I've been playing X-wing and you know now I have everything except for Armada and I may actually be picking Armada up Tuesday. Did I say that too loud? <laughs> we are in my home. Um, no. Shh, um, don't tell anybody, everyone. <laughs> right, right. Don't don't tell Christy. Don't tell Christy. Not, don't get the word out. And, and by the time this releases, it's too late. So. Right. Nice. <laughs> nice. So she hears it. Now I'm just playing. Because um, she doesn't listen. Remember, there's only the four of us. That's true. That's true. <laughs> So she doesn't she doesn't download it. Maybe she just listen. I don't know. <laughs> She's listening right now, probably at the door. <laughs> yeah, but um, Wait till they so get yeah, out so there. playing that. So so how was your experience playing the the Fantasy Flight one? Well, I was really excited about it because what caught my eye was the original art, and I'm mm-hmm. always a fan of original Star Wars art. I always have been, and they were also getting into some expanded universe at the time too. Um, and so I was excited, and and I, we I went in I went in you know head first into that one. You know, I mm-hmm. remember I, and I'm weird cause I'm a completist. I had to buy a couple of sets, you know, one for, uh, one for the binder is a reference one. Cause I was, <laughs> you know, like to do that. And then, and then the, the actual playable ones. But I, I like the idea of them, you know, you can only have four of one card, I think it was. And then the way they organized it, you know, you had to play with certain cards with other ones. So it was, it was, when it came to deck building, it made it a little bit easier. Right. Um, but as we went on, my one big problem with the game was that it was it 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 was it's a card game, but you had to set up all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. You, know, you had to you know you either you might maybe you had a mat, maybe you didn't, but you had all these counters, these damage markers, and it was almost kind of becoming like a board game with all these accessories. Mm-hmm. And coming from where I was, you know, you just brought your decks. Right. That's all you had. And that's what Magic does. I mean, they, obviously they have mats and little counters and stuff, but you know, it was it was kind of like trying to, you know, play Star Wars, but then backgammon was thrown in, uh, some other board game was thrown in, and uh, you know, um it 
to me, it, it got a little too much. Okay. And, it's becoming uh, less of a card game. Yes, exactly, point. exactly. And then the winning conditions, um, you know, it, I just remembered the other reason I didn't care for. The other reason was that it was nice that they came out with sets on a timely basis. Right. But the problem that I had with it was they came out too soon. Mm-hmm. And the game meta and the tech would change every time. So if you have other distractions in your life like jobs and kids and maybe other collectibles that you were trying to you know stay on top of uh, a new set would come out right away and if you were going to be competitive in that you'd have to play it all the time and i couldn't do that i just didn't have right. the time for it and but i do have to give it to fantasy flight for not you know sticking with this schedule and having new sets coming out mm-hmm. so you knew three sets ahead what was coming out and that was great and right. you know the you know and seeing the new art was fun but i couldn't keep up with it right you know and uh you know and me still being loyal to the original star trek and star <laughs> wars card games and in that collection space that it took up right um, i had to cut ties with it after okay. i think one of the hot sets you know okay. I, I went to germany for that star wars celebration and they were selling german version of the packs oh wow and so i bought some of those and it was really cool um ended up uh, i think giving out a couple of those to some of my friends that were still playing it but uh um, unfortunately, I don't play it anymore. I, I just couldn't okay. keep up with it. But like I said, the art is great on those things. Yeah. Well, let me know, man, because I'm still keeping up. The only thing I don't have is the the new Imperial Entanglement set that come out. But um, so what you were talking about, they they continue to come out. So they release a new set every month. But it's a living card game, not a uh, collectible card game. So essentially, there these fifteen dollar is what the uh, MSRP is on it uh, yeah. expansions. Yeah. And those have. Uh, set cards in there and then you you take those cards and and you can uh, play with those and there won't be any other cards that you can get until the next month right I do think they're kind of a little bit behind on schedule they're they're kind right. of hitting more about you know six weeks maybe two months somewhere in there now um, but yeah it's I, I've been keeping up with that and I, I gotta say I think to start with it it probably um, it wasn't. It didn't have as much as it, it needed to. Right. And now they've really, you know, because the Haas sets, uh, you know, they had the speeder decks, which were kind of neat. But now that you're actually getting like they just did their Rogue Squadron. Right. Um, I, I don't know what you would call it exactly, but where it's set, you know, several during that month they were all themed sort of in, in Rogue Squadron. So, you know, now you're kind of getting to where you have the. Um, the spaceships, and you know, so you have the fighter ships, and then the um, the large capital. You have the spaceships and the large capital ships and and things like that. So now I think it's kind of getting there a little more uh, to where it it sort of needs to be. I think with with their uh, design, you know, it's smaller cards coming out uh, at more rapid pace, but to actually kind of get any sort of uh, growth still kind of took a while. Well, the one one thing uh, besides the art that I thought was great that uh, – Fantasy Flight did was um, creating a lot of really nice swag for uh, their their tournaments. You know, they have these great oh, yeah. mats, you know, mm-hmm. and they have these cool uh, exclusive cards. And they did a great job, um, especially when, you know when they either go to you know the big conventions when they have the big championships and stuff. They do a great job supporting the game that way. Oh yeah, which I thought it was good. Yeah, and that needs to be done nowadays. So. Yes, and 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 that's another thing too you talked about. So that that's what I like because I you know uh, so so prior to playing. X-Wing, I was playing Heroclix. That game was a huge money sink. And, oh, yes. And, and the problem <laughs> was I would be buying all of these packs to try to get the, you know, the, the good figure, 
And then, you know, uh, two, three months later, they would then turn around and release another large pack. But they were constantly dropping something every month. And on top of that, then the tournament prizes would be these, like, super powerful, like, just way overpowered (laughs) characters that you would have to get because what would happen, someone else would go win it, and you would be getting beat with that prize for the prize you're trying to get. And then that person would get the second one to sell on eBay eBay or trade away or something like that. And it was just happening so fast. And, like I said, all the good stuff was a little uh, unobtainable. Uh, This way... You know, that, that is one thing I like about Fantasy Flights. So it's like, oh, you win the Boba Fett card. Oh, cool. He's the, the really sweet card. No, he's the exact same one that you got in your deck, but this one was d- done by a different artist. And see how cool it looks? And you're like, oh, that does look nice. I do kind of want to get that to play with, you know? Right. So it, it, it definitely adds flavor and, and, and certainly has people really trying to get them and stuff. But at the same time, it doesn't... Uh, it doesn't make it sort of a, a play or pay to win type of situation or something. It's funny because so, yeah. I remember when Hero Clips was coming out, especially with the, the Star Wars stuff, and and uh, I was thinking, man, I barely have enough space at home to contain all my cards. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can't get into that game. It's just you know, it took mm-hmm. up, I knew it would take up not only too much money but too much space. Oh yeah, it, and and you're you have absolutely to really right. commit to it. <laughs> it. Yeah, and I had to. I mean, honestly, it, it come down to. I mean, I basically gave the stuff away by the end because. I'm like, I need it out of my house, you know, it just, because you, you open up and you're like, I got like 18 Wolverines and all I need is a Spider-Man. Come on. <laughs> you know? Right. And, uh, cause, cause with those blind buys, you just keep getting them, keep getting them. I'm like, come on. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that really is like just throwing money at the wind. Yeah. Was there a certain rarity to that thing? Like, was there a certain rare hero clicks? That, so you know? yeah. So they, so they had the rarity, you know, they had, uh, I guess what was it like the, I can't remember what what they used, but there was the different tiers. You know, your uh, most common, uncommon, okay. rare, and then... Uh, ultra rare. Ultra rare. And yeah. then I think they even had their super rare or something like gotcha. that. So, cause, or chase, that was what it was. So right. it goes, yeah, rare, then uh, ultra rare, then chase. That's right. Yeah, Decipher did that too. Uh, they had the, the commons, uncommons, rares, and then they had the ultra rares too. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's always been the thing with like the collectible games where I'm just like, oh, I'm like, I, I need this. I don't need 18 more of, you know, of this one. There, I, have to, I have to mention, I was having a conversation and it always comes up about of all of the card games that people have played and games that you've played when it comes to collecting cards. What were some of the like hardest chase cards to go after? And there's mm-hmm. always when it comes to the decipher uh, ones there was always uh, a couple of them, and one, and you'll like this, was the original Future Enterprise for uh, Star Trek. Uh, came in the alternate universe one, and it was. Was it the J? What's that? The Enterprise J. Uh, I guess yeah. Oh was, no, the alternate Enterprise. It was the one with the three nacelles. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah from, it was the uh, Future Enterprise from the final episode. Yes. Um, and all good things. I'm yes, so all confused good right now. Um, but uh, when uh, they released the Death Star 2 set, uh, the ultra rare was two of them. They had um, the Luke Skywalker and the Emperor. And um, those. And then they did uh, a reflection set and released foil versions of those as well. As well. But anyone that plays Decipher cards, they know which what those are. But I thought you'd appreciate the Star Trek reference. <laughs> Actually, I remember those in... Uh, uh, was it Star Trek Communicator magazine? Yes. Seeing those displayed in there. Too. Yeah. 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 So. You were such a nerd. 
That's hey, why I'm on this podcast. Hey, I'm happy to throw in some Star Trek in this one. This is cool. <laughs> Come on, Michael. Let's do it. Oh, let's not. Let's not. There's a new Star Trek series hey, coming. So. I, ta- I talked way too much Star Trek in the last episode. <laughs> uh, yes, you did. Oh, my God. I had to explain why. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do a, a Star Trek sidebar anytime. Man. <laughs> okay. There you go. All right. We'll do, hold on. Let me hit the record button. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Oh man! So, uh, do we have anything else on that? I try, you know. That, that's the thing is, I'm like, I log a b- bunch of useless information away, and I know what's going to happen is later I'm going to think of something that's like decipher related. I'm like, why didn't we talk about? <laughs> He's going to call you at two in the morning. <laughs> hey, I just thought of something. <laughs> it's w- one thing I did want to mention is the collectability of the uh, decipher cards, spe- okay. specifically the Star Wars cards. Uh, there's still a huge demand for them out there, and uh, I remember uh, being in Germany and seeing a sealed box of Death Star 2 cards. And for those of you that are listening know what I'm talking about or like just like drooling at the thought and but because of the conversion rate of the euro to the dollar I was going to get screwed. <laughs> <laughs> and I just couldn't pull the trigger on it but you know thinking back I wish I could have but uh the collectability of the decipher uh, uh, Star Wars card game is still there and you know it it's it's hard for people trying to get back into the game, but uh, the community that is out there um, be more than happy to help any new players or returning players get back into it. And like I said, the community that I have um, experienced and have become friends with, and I'm Facebook friends with a lot of these like former Decipher uh, employees and also um, uh, volunteers, and we have a special place in our heart with this game. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, now that we're having kids and family and and uh, it's still happening. These guys are still traveling across country to play in these tournaments and these championship things, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, I cherish the friendships that I have because of that community. And, you know, yes, it's Star Wars. People come together with Star Wars, but there's this little side community that we all know that we're proud of and we still speak highly of, you mm-hmm. know, and my hat goes off to that community still because we stay in touch. It's awesome. And uh, I don't, I don't think the the Wizards of the Coast game uh, is still still meeting up at all. No, not, <laughs> not not at all, unless it's become a cult or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I gotta harp on them a little bit, just because you know I, I'm like, oh man, like how did you screw that up? Yeah. Um, so, but um, okay, yeah, I think I think that's kind of all on that. But there's a couple of notes that I, I wanted to kind of bring up for some things that are happening around right now oh yeah the um disney infinity figures so i'm not sure if well it'll probably be ended by then so i won't bring that up but um i was like i'm talking about the toys r us but i'm like and eh, by the time this oh, thing yeah. drops that won't be a sale <laughs> anymore uh but the one thing i actually just did my pre-orders for the uh disney 3.0 light fx figures so the thing about those they're actually going to be so they retail for fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. So I think it's uh, somewhere between thirteen and fourteen, depending on where you, it's fifteen at Toys R Us for the the non light up ones, right? Um, but these they're they're like a buck or two more, and you can pre order them right now. They are going to be permanent exclusives, but when you actually put them on the bases, the lightsabers will light up. Oh, that is so cool! Do yeah. you know Do you know what they're releasing first? So right now you can pre order from Target. You could pre order Yoda. Oh, wow. You can pre-order Obi-Wan from GameStop, and then you can pre-order from Amazon Kanan. Wow. And 
I guess I got to say this one, even though I don't. You can pre-order Anakin from Best Buy. I don't suggest that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was literally looking so, and, and I can even tell you. Um, uh, and of course, now I can't think of the the name of the the uh, the toy store. But there's a toy store in the UK that because they don't have Best Buy, I, I suppose, or or at least in in that little area. And so that toy store is the one that's getting the Anakin. So I was looking at oh, wow. trying to pre-order that figure from the uk and have it shipped here just so that i don't give my money to to best buy it's funny you say that because i had a bad experience pre-ordering a call of duty game through uh best buy and i will never do that again oh yeah it's uh, it's i i can tell you i i've worked there and they are easily one of the most disgusting companies i've ever yeah. i've ever witnessed i think you should go, i think you should uh, go for that one across the pond it would make a much better story once you get it well the problem was they don't ship to the u.s and i'm like oh man I'm like, I cannot believe that I've just been duped. Well, so. you'll have to go there for uh, Star Wars Celebration and pick it up then. Yeah, I'm not going there. But I'm, I know you are, so I'm going to have might. you pick I one up. <laughs> we'll see. I'm out. going. Okay. Right. I bought Great. my tickets. I'll have, going. We'll see how, how the state of things are at that point. But I'm going to be like, hey. And, and by the way, I, I have friends through Decipher over there. You oh, know, excellent. Yeah, so it's great. My friend Ian uh, lives there, and I can crash with him. And my friend David from uh, Sweden, and we're going to be getting a hotel room together. And, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I might be there just on vacation, on nice. holiday for that and going to Paris and doing some other things well, with my I, family. I, you had to hit me up later because I, uh, I did London and Paris last year, and uh, so I can help you out there. I got some ideas. It's, fu- it's fun. Yes, <laughs> perfect. You guys, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I get to go to Anaheim this year, and that was a big deal for me. You know, like, so I'm going to be in London This is next-level fandom, buddy. I'm like, I wish I was a big yeah. kid. <laughs> The real fans will be there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so, yeah, so those are the only pre-orders yet. So the the last two are the Luke and Vader. Which Luke? Do you know? It's it's just going to be the 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 same Luke that the you, new Hope Luke. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll it'll be the same one that that you got in the or, or as far as I know, but I'm pretty sure because they showed them, uh, they showed them back at D23. But then again, they could have just and taken what's the, the release date on these? So we're looking at I believe December eighth, but I could be wrong. So it's not. It's kind of up in the air to be honest. So. You know, it's. I don't think that they have an exact date pinned down, but I will tell you what Amazon is saying. And I've found in the past, Amazon tends to be uh, closer to correct than than some of the other places. So they're saying they're more correct than Best Buy. Yes, yeah. it is a terrible, terrible company. And this episode is brought to you by Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Shop at Best Buy <laughs> this holiday season. Uh, December eighth is gotcha. is uh, when they are. So, like I said, you can ah, you can ten already days do... before the Force Awakens. Yeah. God, or so or is close. it na- or so is it now nine days? Well, yeah. It looks like uh, they're making it dis- nine and a half days. <laughs> round up to ten, right? <laughs> oh man, it's so it's it's so soon. So yeah. Well, that's that's exciting because uh, my daughter and I just got into Disney Xfinity and. Uh, um, you know, she, she, once you saw the Ahsoka, I knew it was over. <laughs> oh yeah, and that, that's the thing that I'm I'm like, oh. And then knowing my luck, they'll uh, they'll come out later. But I was like, what? Like 
doing Ahsoka. Like, how great would it be to right, have those right. those dual lightsabers, you know, lighting up? Oh, that would look awesome. Um, you know, same thing with Darth Maul, yeah. you know, doing oh, him. Oh, gosh, but, yeah. But they didn't do those. I guess it cost more for... Uh, for the extra blade, yeah. yeah. Well, they were saying um, uh, was it it was it cost extra to make the Sabine figure because of the sculpt yep. that she was on there, you know. So cause yeah. that's a really good looking figure, the way that they sculpted that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said she was the most expensive one. I think because a lot of the paint apps and stuff like that. And I think they said that uh, Zeb was also very expensive. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Um, they said they had to actually do him just so because they said he's so big um, and, and bulky and everything that they had to kind of pose him in, in such a way that they could you know, effectively release that figure without like charging you an extra five bucks or something. So wow. they, they, they do such great work with those figures, you know, even, and I've, I've heard uh, a couple of people from some other podcasts say, they're like, I don't play the game, but I collect the figures cause they do. I mean, they look great. I mean, they're actually, I didn't set them up there. My wife did, but uh, they're actually on the mantle of our fireplace right now. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, they, they look great. I can't wait to get the lightsaber ones. Um, I guess I'll probably be without Anakin or, or be getting it from across the pond. I'll, I'll let everybody know. Um, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. We'll, I'm, I'm not worried about it. And, I mean, if I don't, to be completely honest, and nothing against Anakin or, or Hayden Christian, but if there was going to be one that I would have been a little more okay with not getting, it would be him. Right. And it's just because it comes down to he and Luke I don't have. Um, I, mean, I already have, excuse me. And, you know, there's a little more, um, I don't know what you call it. I have a little more of a connection with Luke, I guess, since, you know, that was the, the Star Wars that I grew up on. So, so I have a little more connection to him, but he and Luke are the ones that's like, okay, I already had these, so not as big of a deal if I don't end up getting that one. I'm, I'm um, waiting for the Kit Fisto one. That's the one I want. Oh, oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they're going to do that one, but it would be. Sweet. I hope he's I, smiling, though. That'd be awesome. I, I do love me some Kit Fisto. And it glows. Yeah. His yeah. teeth glow. That'd be awesome. I, I do love me some Kit Fisto. Um, maybe we'll at least get like a disc pack with him in it or something. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys real quick, mm-hmm. uh, since we're all here together, uh, tell me your Force Awakened plans. We should talk about that. Just like the movie, seeing the movie. Where, where, where are you guys seeing it? Who are you seeing it with? What's okay. going on? So I'll let Bruce handle this one since I told it last time. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to Atlantic Station in Atlanta the night of the 17th for the 8 p.m. showing in 2D. Okay. Because we're going with a big group of people, the Hothlander Rebels. Okay. Uh, and Star Wars at Dragon Con group. Nice. Uh, but like... I don't know, 150, 200 tickets for a bunch of us, and we're all going. And, and that's, that, that's the, the uh, that is the Thursday, Thursday, that's the night? Thursday, nice. the opening night, yeah. Atlantic Station. Yep. Well, I have something to tell you. What's that? I'm going to be there. Awesome. <laughs> but I'll be in a different theater. Uh, first of all, I like to say I'm excited you're seeing it with the Re- the Rebels. I was just recently inducted into the uh, Rebel Legion. Very My cool. first costume oh, was Will Real Hood. I saw yes. that. Yeah, you got yes. your little uh, your Rebel Legion cards. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm so excited about that. I'm gonna my next one because I have the jumpsuit. I'm going to be doing an X-wing pilot next. So, but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to be at Atlantic Station. Uh, my friends. Um, uh, Scott and Nathan from uh, uh, South or from North Carolina, we made plans a year ago that we wanted to do. First of all, they came to me a year ago. They said we want to see Star Wars with you because they're big Star Trek guys too, but they love Star Wars. And they're like, we would love to see it with you. I said that's awesome. Let's plan it. So we had planned to see. Obviously, here in Atlanta, uh, the first time they would be showing uh, uh, episode seven, but we also wanted to do a marathon of the of the six movies, whether we were going to do it on our own or if it was going to be done by AMC or Regal. And as you know, they've been, AMC and Regal have been doing these marathons for Lord of the Rings and the, the Marvel movies. 
And uh, um, so when they announced that there was going to be marathons done, unfortunately, there was only one place doing it in Atlanta. And it w it's not unfortunate that it was Regal here, but they were the only ones doing it. And so we jumped on that. And so we're going to be doing the official seven movie marathon at Atlantic station, but we're going to be there a little earlier. Yeah. It's like what? 4am. It starts yeah. at 4am on that Thursday and goes through all that day. And then, uh, up until then at seven o'clock when they're showing all the other, uh, preview nights of, I guess, episode seven, um, that's when we'll see episode seven. But yeah, they're showing one episode one starting at four o'clock. And we're, we're actually going to be showing up at Wednesday night, like probably around six o'clock, kind of judging where the line is because it's not reserved seating. Oh. And it Ooh. is sold out. Yeah. Oh. So we're going to get there early, get <laughs> yeah. in line and do that. But that's part of the fun, waiting in line. So we're going to get there early and do that. But uh, I, will be in the th I will be at that same theater with you guys watching just wow. in a different theater. Yeah. So I, did, I think I told you about this, Bruce. Yeah, yeah, I did because we were trying to figure it out. Yeah. So... So we got our tickets all set out and everything, and um, or because uh, Brandy of uh, of the Hawthorne and Rebels, you know, she she's the one who took care of it for us. And I told Christy, and I'm like, I got it. And she's like, for the marathon, and I'm like, no. And she's like, I want to go to the marathon, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I guess what we'll do is we'll see, you know, since it's eight o'clock, so I'm like, okay, so we'll just do the marathon, and then we'll go all the way through, and then instead of seeing it at seven, we'll just kind of chill for an hour until the the eight o'clock showing. And then I go back on and those tickets weren't available anymore. You know, what's funny about that is, of course, you know, tickets are going on sale that Monday night, which and, which is when they were showing the new trailer on Monday Night Football. Right. And uh, my friends in, in North Carolina, we were like always talking like, okay, make sure, let me know what you hear because it was still quite unsure when exactly they were going on sale. There was right. a rumor they were going to go on sale when the trailer was going to go on. Right. But we don't know when halftime was going to start. And then um, I said, hey, guys, you know what? I'm getting nervous about this. I have a feeling yeah. that the Internet's going to crash. Yeah. And so about an hour and a half before 8 o'clock, it was like 6.30, I drove down to Atlantic Station. Oh, wow. And I actually stood in line to buy those tickets. <laughs> and there was what's funny was that there was about seven other people only one other person there was getting the marathon tickets. And so I bought them in person there. Very and cool. then I got home in time. Um, when tickets were going on sale, I think at eight o'clock, they actually started going on sale at eight o'clock in some, some areas. And, um, I remember I was checking my phone before I left and I couldn't get on Fandango. Yeah. And I'm really glad that I did that. Cause oh it just yeah. Crashed. Yeah. That was definitely the, the smart method. Cause I was on, so, uh, Bruce was on Skype with me while I was looking at it because there was a little bit of confusion because we weren't sure. Um, you know, Brandon told us, she said, okay, we're, um, you know, I'll, I'll get the tickets or I'll let y'all know, you know, if you need to get them yourself or if I'm able to secure them or whatever. Well, they ended up going, uh, like I said, they ended up dropping early, like way earlier than what any of us had expected. Right. And so I'm like, I'm looking at all the tickets right now. Do I buy them? And, and Bruce is like, no, he's like, don't, because we've got Brandy buying. He's like, we don't want to get too many. I'm right. like, but they're right here. And, and I'm like, where is she? What's going on? We don't know. You know, so. That was so much confusion. And at that point, Fandango just completely yeah, went Yeah, it's funny because I posted pictures of me at the theater actually buying yeah. the tickets. And it's so funny. I got, I, got, I got so many funny responses like, wow, you went old school and went to the theater and Which, bought them. Yeah, and <laughs> Teresa Delgado did the same thing. It's, yeah. It sounds like, you know, honestly, that's... Well, I mean, honestly, that's what uh, uh, Brandy did. She Because she, she, that's what she said. She had to actually go down there to grab those yeah, tickets for us. Right. So, she did go down there. Um, now, what's going to happen is... For episode eight, 
it's going to be old school and everybody's <laughs> going to be at the theater. You know, yeah. like that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And then except for the few people, you know what will happen actually. This is what's going to happen. So they're all going to be doing that. Everyone's going to be at the theater and then they're going to be jumping it while <laughs> they're in line, jumping on Fandango <laughs> on their phones to uh That's to why I do it at Chipotle. <laughs> yeah, gosh. Yeah, well, I have one question I want to pose to you guys. Okay, so they, they released... The fig- they released the money that was made on IMAX alone that weekend. They sold s- over six million dollars, six point five in, in just first, IMAX. Okay, in the first day, if it, I'm not mistaken, was it first day. Okay, yeah. now that's amazing when you think about it. that broke records. But my question to you is: by the time the movie is about to release, how many tickets do you think were pre-sales? Do you think they could reach fifty million? Could more? They reach more? What do you think? Fifty million like in oh, pre-sales yeah. alone. Like which um, movie's done that? <laughs> yeah, it, I mean it's it's been insane, and and right because Fandango, what the Dark Knight Rises, like this this trumped that like six times. Oh, as yeah, much in yeah, sales and that was that. big news back then. But I mean, yeah. I, I'm curious to see like in because like a lot of the opening weekend shows are sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did mention was I went actually back online and bought an IMAX ticket um, at uh, the North Point Mall that has a really nice comfy seats. I bought an IMAX ticket for the first four shows on the next day on the 18th. Yep. So I'm going back and watching all of them like back to back to back because mm-hmm. um, I know I'm going to miss some stuff when I watch it the first time. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Are you yeah. even going to still be awake? I mean, uh, I'll have, I'll <laughs> yeah, have, really, yeah, really I'll probably have, have about <laughs> five or six hours of sleep before I head back to the theater. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I, I, I seriously don't know if I could sit there. I mean, I would love to watch all of them, yeah. but I'm a movie marathon expert. I've done it for years. You have. So yes. what other? I used to blog done? about it. Oh, yeah. okay. I used to blog. I used to do marathons all the time. There was actually one year that I went. I challenged myself to see how many movies I could see on the big screen in one calendar year, and uh, I, sh- I, I went. I was trying to get for a hundred at least, and I. I I surpassed that, so then I pushed to 200, and I was able to see 200, back in 2010, I saw 200 movies on the big screen, and uh, I remember my deadline was coming up, and I was like, I need to hit two more movies, and you know what the last two was? I saw a anniversary edition of Airplane, and then I was like, (laughs) what could I see for my last movie before the deadline on Sunday, and so I went and saw Rocky Horror. Oh, wow. Wow. But that's what I do. I, I, I've done, ever since I was a kid, I'll you know go in and see more than one movie at a time. And mm-hmm. so I've done it. I did the Lord of the Rings extended. I did the, uh, I remember they did the Batman marathon. I remember they had the Die Hard marathon when the fifth one came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the Indiana Jones marathon. Um, and it goes way back. Well, no, there's a, those are fewer movies. This time you're seeing seven. Yes, this is seven. Yeah. Um, didn't, didn't you, seems like, remember, uh, my buddy Seth, who's uh, friends with Robert as well, uh, did you go with him to see the um, the Avengers or Marvel movie marathon? Uh, yeah, Robert and I went to the first one they did where there was like eight of them or okay. whatever oh, it was. Wow. And then there, then there was the, uh, the one that had 11, the most recent one. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a certain there's a certain uh, mind frame that you have to take with you, and uh, I'm gonna say this ahead of time for those of you that are listening to this and that are doing the Star Wars marathon. It's okay to take a nap at some time. It's okay. <laughs> it will be accepted. Yeah. <laughs> just don't snore. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I just see. My thing is, like, because that's what I was thinking about is when I was trying to to consider. Okay, am I gonna do it? I had to try to think. Okay, what is the downtime? What where's the spot where I would you know if I've got to step out or if I've got to you know not off for a moment or something? At what point do I do I do that? You know, and I'm like I don't know. You you could plan for that, but it 
you know, we've, we've seen the original six movies so many times we know them inside and out. Yeah. So it's okay whenever there's certain scenes that I would love to be up for, but uh, there's certain scenes I don't mind taking a nap at, you know, but I don't know about you guys. Every time I watch these movies, I always notice something different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. That's That's what I love about it. And and there's, there's things that I notice. I'm just like, God, I'm dumb. You know, I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, how did I not know that? Or, you know, or you hear something differently Yeah. and they're like, then you hear it the right way. And then you're like, Oh, Everything makes way more sense Which now. Which is why yeah. I'm going back the next day to watch four straight IMAX movies of Star Wars oh Episode 7. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's just crazy. <laughs> so, but here's, the, well, here's what's cool about seeing something different every time. So, of course, when the prequels ca- came out, you look at the original trilogy different now. Yeah. Now with this movie coming out, actually, what I would like to do is do the marathon after I see... The Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. To see how I would view those six films differently, knowing right. what I know. Mm-hmm. Is It'll coming. depend on what references they pull from. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested. I, I don't think that you're going to, personally, I don't think you're going to view the, and I've said this beforehand, um, I don't think you're going to view the prequels any differently. Uh, because, like I was telling him, when you think about how the films are, are set up structure, watching them all the way through, the prequels you know and obviously it's because they were made first right but they don't you know the sequels don't really reference the prequels so um when they did the prequels it's kind of built in to where you know as sort of reasoning for that and you know so we we get a lot of uh things that were you know you don't bring up the jedi or whatever and and and, you know so uh palpatine sort of kept the sith uh sort of secret so by the time of the the original film's they were sort of, you know, I mean, they were like mocking Vader and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, like I told you, the one thing that was interesting when they finally released that theatrical trailer and Han says, the dark side and the Jedi, and I told you, I said, we won't hear Sith because there's no reason that anyone would know Sith by you this kept time. kept it hush-hush. Yep. Yeah. And so, to, to them, it's, you know, I think Sith is a lost term. I think there's going to be a lot of that stuff that's just going to be lost. You know what's well, going to happen? Well, if just, they mention Sith, I'm going to be, like, elbowing you in that movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> really a- Aftermath yeah. really kind of set the tone for what we're going to expect, I think. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, um, the Imperial remnants wanting to, you know, keep, uh, you know, the memory or, you know, of I guess the emperor alive, you know, it's that propaganda thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that we're going to see, you know, the remnants of that in the new movie. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, you know, if you're, if you're winning or losing a war, that's, that's you fight with propaganda, you know? And uh, I think the rebels are going to be struggling with that for quite a long time. So it's going to be interesting to see how they, how that, uh, you know, is shown in the new movie. Yeah. Yeah. And even like with the, uh, the star Wars uprising game, which I'm still playing and still loving, um, (laughs) You know, they where they do that that blockade, and so they tell the whole sector, you know, all of Anoat. They're like, "Nope, he's still alive. Shut up. <laughs> it's it's a lie. Go back to your. We're we're still in charge here. Just keep doing your thing." Are you, talk, you, know? are you talking about that scene in uh, before Hoth? Is that, is that what you're talking about? That 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 scene. What scene are you talking about? Oh no no no! This so it's the uh, Star Wars Uprising uh, game. That it's a mobile game. Oh, I've heard about it. I haven't played it yet. It's okay. I really enjoy it. It's almost like a, a Diablo style oh, type okay, game okay and um it's it's kind of fun uh, you know and and that's the whole storyline is that you're essentially in the the Anoat sector 
and it's been completely locked down by the Imperials, and they're telling everybody that that was a lie. But of course, you have these people going around showing like these little holograms right, of, the, of right. the Death Star two blowing up, oh, wow. and and saying like, no, the Emperor really is dead. You know, so you're you're getting that uprising. Oh, right? that's cool. You know? And that's so it's cool. like there's a resistance coming out of this. There's these <laughs> resistance fighters. I'm like, hmm, I wonder what this might mean. You know, so it's a fun it's a fun little game too. You know, I, I really like the um, the level up system and everything i like how it's it's not super complex how a lot of rpgs can get but you can kind of uh, switch in and out your your moves so you can uh like right now i'm like level 14 or something like that so um i can choose from i can either go learn some smuggler talents and i can go learn some bodyguard talents and which is more like tank versus you know your more right. nimble uh striker oh that's cool and and so you can kind of pick and choose which one you want to do and so, of course, I'm like, I'm going smuggler, you know, all out. I'm like, I don't care. The the Anoit the system, there's mm. not much there. There is now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So it's it's pretty good. I, I, I suggest that one to everyone. And uh, by this time, everyone will have heard our uh, discussion with Nathan. But Yes. Yeah. So, you know, um, honestly, all this new stuff that's coming out, they're all like running together, all the different storylines. I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, where did I see that? Or where did I read that? It's like, yeah. I'm getting it all confused now. I, I, I just got caught up with the Kanan series and that is fantastic. And the Shattered Empire on the comics. Oh, I said, I've only gotten the first one. I need oh, to make sh- it down to the comics. The Shattered shop. Empire <laughs> is really cool. I've heard some really good things. Oh. I, I enjoyed that first issue. Um, I'm a yeah. fan of A-Wings, so yeah. so I'm like, oh, we've got this new character, and she's an A-Wing pilot. Yeah. Sweet. I'm yes. sold. You yeah. know. Keep reading. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. good. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to have to get a couple more of those. It's I have them in my pool list. I just haven't made it back to the comic book well, store Well, the yet. thing that I do is I kind of, I'll get them for a few months, not read mm-hmm. them, and then I, I've been digitally putting them into my Marvel app on my iPad, Yeah, and then I just kind of marathon them, and yep. that's the best way to do right. it. It's kind of like, like Netflixing a show, you know? Right. Like, everything's fresh. <laughs> I do that just not intentionally, because I just, <laughs> what happens is I, I just get backed up, backed up, backed up, and I'm like, oh, okay, ooh, I don't have anything going on, you know, I want to do this. So I, I finally was like, I've got to get through Aftermath, because I lo- really enjoyed. I don't want to talk about it too much since I'll be doing it on uh, uh, Beyond the Films. That's plus more you, their plus thing. Plus, you but. get pressured of all the podcasts that you're listening to. They're all caught up on it. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's why you know, on a lot of my podcasts, I'm because there was four books that no five books that dropped that day. And everyone's doing them. So Bruce has actually been on uh, the 602 Club on podcasts that I have backed up that I haven't gotten to yet. Which is part of Trek FM. I do. I'm right. very familiar with that. My friend <laughs> friend Norm does some shows there. Can yes. you believe that? This Joker <laughs> has talked me into having a, uh, a Star Trek podcast on my uh, That's my awesome, iPhone. man. Do you know, you know Norm? Yeah. Yeah, he and I go way back. Oh, okay. Yeah, he used to be a volunteer for Decipher for the Lord of the Rings card game, and he's okay. a big Trek fan, and yeah. and uh, we stay in touch all the time. So. He and I were on a 602 Club together. I can't remember which one, but yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I know Hi, Norm, is. if you're listening. <laughs> Probably not, but okay. <laughs> nope, still seven listeners. <laughs> Unless we lost somebody. Right. Like, Bruce, did you remember to listen this week? No. <laughs> like, oh, well, then maybe it's Norm. <laughs> So, a um, couple other things I want to talk about. And I, I hate to really get into this because it's, it's such a, a downturn, but I'm like, we kind of cover this type of stuff. So, uh, with talking about going to the theaters, a lot of theaters, uh, specifically Cinemark seems to be the one that they're allowing no face paint, no masks, and no blasters, no lightsabers. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, so we're going to be at a Regal. Right. So I, I don't know all the rules, but I know they allow lightsabers. So that I'm at least fine with. Yeah, you need to check with your local theater about that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I want to kind of make sure I don't, you know, I don't necessarily have one uh, that I'm like, Ooh, we're going. but that... The only the only film that I ever saw at midnight was Revenge of the Sith because I was I was too little for the other you know for Phantom and oh, God, I lost count how many I've seen at midnight. <laughs> um, I've never it's a way of life so, for me, <laughs> except for Rocky Horror. Yeah, so he he's actually never seen a uh, um, a midnight right. premiere or, no. or, or or I guess so. so I always try to avoid them. So it won't be so it won't be midnight this time. But but well, nonetheless, yeah, he he never thing. went to the the premiere show. Well, now but, they're doing him earlier. They start at eight o'clock, seven right. o'clock yeah. now. Which I'm as a as getting older, I appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> I, I agreed. <laughs> um, so now now when you went and saw Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, were the the light up lightsabers? Were they in the theater? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. There was just lightsabers everywhere, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, um, I remember the lines, and uh, I remember I was working for Decipher when uh, the uh, Phantom Menace first released, and I remember. We had a. I remember we had a a meeting in the office saying, "Look, um, I know because I think we I think Decipher had rented out their own theater to see the premiere of uh, Phantom Menace, and someone had to volunteer to be out on the road, and I did, <laughs> I did because uh, I knew not everyone wanted to do it, but it was great because it put me in Appleton, Wisconsin, and because I did a demo of the Young Jedi card game, these people that were waiting in line for tickets let me get in the front of the line. Oh, I nice. Free swag. But uh, but yeah, a lot of people were wearing their costumes and stuff, and I remember when, reading about this uh, on, on the internet a couple of weeks ago when these theaters were announcing this, and my first reaction was, um, to be honest with you, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people were uproar about it, but I was... To get on a serious note here, because I think this needs to be said, I was in a midnight showing watching Batman and then hearing the news of the massacre that mm-hmm. took place at that theater. And that hit home with me. And, right. I, and you know, it just took some crazy guy to go out the door, you know, and then come back with his guns and do that. And, and I see why they're doing this, because if you think about it, there's a crazy person out there that might want to take advantage of the uh, amount of attention that they would get doing something like this at a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And recently, before that announcement about the costumes, Regal actually went out to say, from now on, we are checking people's bags. Right. A lot of people were thinking, okay, they're doing this because they don't want people to smuggle in candy and stuff like that, but they want to stop weapons. You know? Right. And uh, my personal opinion on this is, you know what? I'm going to be in a theater watching Star Wars. I don't want to wear a costume personally. I want to mm-hmm. be comfortable. And if people want to wear costumes or troop, they can do it on the outside of the theater. Just check with the theater to make sure that there is a time and a place to be around Star Wars in the theater to wear costumes. But mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with this personally. I, I believe in the safety of the people in this. Mm-hmm. I want people to enjoy themselves. And um, you know, I, I can see the uproar. People want to dress up. They want to be part of that. But there's a time and a place now, and you know security is an issue for theaters now, especially right. now that there's been a um, you know a, you know several of these incidences, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm fine with it. Right. Uh, as you guys know, I'm going to be in a theater. I, I did the ma- I did the math correctly here. In a 42 hour period, <laughs> I will see 11 Star Wars movies. Right. Right. And so as long as I feel safe, I'm fine with that. I don't mm-hmm. mind checking bags. And uh, by the way, real quickly, if you're doing the marathon thing, double check with. The theater 
and let them know because some people have certain dietary needs and they can't live off popcorn and candy. <laughs> right. Uh, I checked with Atlantic Station. They said, you can bring in your own stuff. Just be kind of cool about it. We're just going to check your bag for weapons. Right. You know, right. you can bring in a pillow and a blanket and stuff like that. But always check your theater regarding the dressing up and what's allowed. Some theaters will have no loitering issue or have some loitering issues as well. You can't do it, but some will. Um, but uh, I, knowing that I'm seeing Star Wars with a bunch of fans and I'm feeling safer, I think it's a good thing. Yep. Yep. For sure. I, like I said, and, and I, I definitely, uh, agree with that point. Like I said, it just, it's, uh, thinking about, like I said, the lightsabers, you know, that's the one thing when I really remember back to, uh, Revenge of the Sith, you know, I, I think I remember the lightsabers more than, than the actual movie moments, you know, or, or like thinking, Oh man, or, you know, my, <laughs> my different reactions, uh, during that film. But I remember, you know, beforehand, you know, it goes dark and just lightsabers everywhere. And then as soon as everything goes on, lightsabers go no, off. No, it's you funny know? you say and, that. I remember the last time I saw all six movies as a, as a marathon was Star Wars Celebration for in um, uh, LA mm-hmm. when they had the celebration the day before on that Wednesday they had the six movie marathon and I remember Steve Sansweet had come up but everyone had brought their lightsabers and what was great was they knew when to turn them yep. on knew when to turn them off exactly but it was really yep. cool you would see them all light up it was fantastic yep. yeah wow. and, it's, yeah. And, and we even had a, a similar situation at uh that Force Awakens panel, you know, and it, it was way more grandiose. It was basically, yeah. it was more epic than the uh, Attack of the Clones yes. Coliseum because it looked like a Coliseum yeah. of just Jedi everywhere. And, and there like, was the one guy that had the Kylo Ren lightsaber. Yes. Yeah. No one else had it yet, but he had, <laughs> had it custom made, I yeah. guess. I right. remember that. That was a great feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Just look at, like I said, sea of lightsabers. Jeez. You're like, yeah, like, let's We're go. home. <laughs> <laughs> let's go take out some Geonosians, you know. Um, so, like I said, I love that. I'm. I think, if if I'm not mistaken, Regal is allowing the lightsabers, which I mean makes sense because um, I think that's fine. I, I understand the makeup. I understand the um, you know the weapons and the other stuff. So right. ho- hopefully, hopefully that's the case. Because like I said, I, I I do like to be able to see uh, the the lightsabers lit up in the theater. And and like I said, my my past experience, everyone knows when to turn them off. Well, yeah. the so. fact that I haven't been to a midnight showing of a Star Wars. Yeah, you Wars. have no nostalgic <laughs> No, but that was always my it. concern. I was uh, I never right. wanted to go because uh, I don't want it to be crazy. I don't want people to be having their lightsabers going during the movie or whatever, but it's good to know that they do turn them Star off. Star Wars fans are really good yeah. about knowing the exact time that things should and should be done. So that's cool. You know, uh, at Celebration Anaheim, I went and saw um, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. And it, it was so fun because... Was that the, the 3D Revenge of the Sith? Oh, oh I man. missed that. I was in a line for something else. I, I couldn't make it. Yeah, I've been same. harping on this since we started the podcast. The, my biggest thing, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, it's not the originals of the... Um, uh, you know the original trilogy is not the theatricals, and and I'm I'm a hundred percent for theatrical versions, right? But I'm like, no, I saw Revenge of the Sith in 3D. That's what I need. That's what you know with the new Blu-rays. That's what I'm upset yeah. about is not that. Oh, hey, we're not getting the the original trilogy. I mean, you no, can always. I, I know the, I know what you mean because I remember seeing uh, the 3D version of uh, Phantom Menace. It was funny because mm-hmm. Robert and I were like the only ones in the theater for that. Oh wow! Yeah, and then but then I I was lucky enough to see uh, the 3D the first time they released the 3D version of Episode Two Attack of the Clones mm-hmm. at Celebration Two Europe, and I got to see that. Yep. And I tried to make plans to see the one at, at Celebration Anaheim for Revenge of the Sith, but I could not do it. I don't know if it was the Rebels panel I was in or something. There was something right. I just could not get to it, and the line was capped. 
Yeah, yeah. same yeah, thing. That, I got in, I got in line, and this person came through, and he, they said, "You're not guaranteed to get in." It's cat back there. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they knew it kind of gotten yeah. hectic by that point. But, but I wasn't too disappointed because I saw the Phantom Menace in 3D at yeah. the theater, and I don't really remember like the 3D experience all that well, much, except for the fact that what I do remember more than anything is that was the first time I've took took my kids to see a Star Wars movie oh, in the theater. that's cool. So that's more of what I remember that. Right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll make you jealous. So not only did they have the guy come out to talk to us about it, because we were in Anaheim, right? So yeah. this guy come out and talked about that he was the one who worked on all three of the 3D films. And he said that he also worked on Star Tours. So it's the same guy oh, who did wow. all the 3D stuff for this. And he said that basically it was something he'd never done before when he did The Phantom Menace. So he said by the time he got to Revenge of the Sith, um, he, he kind of knew what he was doing. And, he, and it looked fantastic. And that's what I've heard is that you know some people are like, Phantom Menace had some parts that were really no, good. You, no, and then other parts You are were, absolutely right. Yeah. There were certain parts that didn't quite pop. And there was a mm-hmm. huge difference when I saw episode two, Attack of the Clones. Right. And, but the best thing about seeing the Attack of Clones, and I heard about Revenge of the Sith, was that they had the state-of-the-art sound system oh, to yeah. go along with it. Yeah. We had seen it in a regular theater with a regular uh, um, sound system. But mm-hmm. uh, I remember that... that that's especially in that that scene when uh, they're when uh, Obi Wan's chasing uh, Jango and Boba Fett through the asteroid field and that concussion oh, thing goes yeah, off. The- yeah, the, the sonic bomb. Yeah, yes, it's because it yeah, has such a sense. cool sound. Yeah. Anyways, you know, he perfected it by Revenge of the Sith. That's awesome. Yeah, so that that was such a great experience. And and what I've I've said, you know, anytime that film uh, for me gains a letter grade from me seeing it uh in 3d versus seeing it in in 2d um in fact lately I, i've said because i told bruce i'm like i, th- I think because I'd, I'd watched you know since then i've watched it in 2d and i'm like i think it's probably my least favorite of the saga and i'm like but is that just because it's i'm seeing it in 2d now and now i'm just like it should be in 3d i don't know That's <laughs> you know funny. so i really would i'm hoping by next uh you know by uh episode eight that that we have those all done in 3D and oh, and we can we can marathon them in 3D oh, yeah, that because would be cool. Bruce if that's happening I'm sorry buddy you're staying up you're gonna mar- <laughs> you're, you know you're doing it <laughs> I probably would do I that. have some yeah. experience in this Bruce I can help you out yes <laughs> you can guide me you'll oh, be my yeah. Obi Wan right. yeah we'll go I'm yeah, actually thinking of make- starting a Facebook page about <laughs> people doing this marathon and I can give pointers and, oh yeah and, and maybe also like kind of do like a support group too yeah. here's how to get you through it yes. <laughs> maybe we can start you up an app and yeah and there you go. Like yeah. the tip of the day and stuff like that. Bring a pillow. <laughs> um, so, but hey, past that though, not only was the the original designer there, but so was Ian McDermott yes. talking about. Oh uh, my god, that was working on it. So, right. So that was pretty cool too. And you know what though, he said, and maybe I misheard him because it was it was a long day or whatever. But he said something essentially like implying that he was in the Force Awakens. And no one's no one said anything about this that I've heard, but and it, like I said, it may have been just hired from the day or whatever. So, so don't you know? Don't everybody go. Nuts I wonder if he's like doing like a guy. flashback. Or, See, that's what or, I was wondering because I, I, I was or like, maybe a recording or something, right? And and I was like, there's no way that he was actually in it, but because I remember kind of there well, was just almost that like like. They were just talking about the the movie. Like I said, I can't remember <laughs> yeah. exactly. I can't remember because I just remember being like. <gasps> 
did he just what you know like what was that and maybe you know like i said maybe there was kind of a mix up of stuff maybe okay. uh, you know or, Kylo, or maybe, you must execute order 67 <laughs> <laughs> it's the next one <laughs> but it's still about killing the jedi sorry my uh my it? Palpatine's not not as good as, as I, mine wasn't good, but I think it was better. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave yes. the Palpatine to, to Bruce from now on. I'm gonna edit that out. Now I'm self conscious. No, um, so yes, you will. Edit. <laughs> anyway, I can't do it either. Um, so yeah, so, uh, so we'll find out if he's in the Force Awakens, yeah. or maybe maybe he's in Rogue One. Maybe that's what that Ooh. that could make sense too. There you go. I, I've said that one hundred percent. Vader's in it. I've, I've called that already. And like you, you cannot convince me that Vader's not in that film. At least a cameo, because why would he not be? Why would you not put the character that you know everyone? He's the most iconic image of all of Star Wars. Yep. He sells the most. Uh, merchandise of all of Star Wars yeah. and Disney just spent a lot of money for Star Wars. So, <laughs> I will, I will say know. that they will work in his image into The Force Awakens. Well, they already have. How do you know? Because oh, wait, wait, I've wait, seen wait, the Are you talking helmet. about Vader or the Emperor? The Vader. Oh, okay. Yeah. But we've seen his helmet. Oh, that's, I mean, that's at least something. It. Oh, no. It's not like it's not <laughs> been one of the first images we saw was that burned no, helmet. I know. But now, as far as anything past that, I I don't know, and I'm not going to speculate. But <laughs> In every movie, they'll do like 15 movies, and Vader will still be there somewhere. <laughs> there will be like a mural. Remember that guy? <laughs> they point to it. But, um, or a statue. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's going to be in Rogue Squadron. Not Rogue, Rogue Squadron. Rogue what am I talking one, yeah. about? Rogue One. There Rogue we go. One, yeah. yeah. He'll be in Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, for the Han Solo movie, we'll get Boba Fett instead since he's the, the number two guy. As we sit here, <laughs> there is two Star Wars films being filmed right now. Yeah. How, how crazy is that? Well, it's it's <laughs> never happened no, but ever. Wait, two being filmed and one that we're just waiting to watch I in like know. just a few yeah. weeks. I mean, God. that's yeah. just so crazy. What a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah, it is. Exactly. And a Star Trek fan because there's one Star Trek movie. Yeah. There's a new series coming. Yawn. Come on. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just getting really sleepy. My bad. I didn't mean to, to be rude there. That's okay, number one. Live long and prosper. I don't what are y'all talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so um but hey, here's the next thing. Hasbro is now having their Po uh the Poe action figure in the X Wing show up in the toy stores. And now you're like, wait, I've seen that, right? No. Yeah, we have seen that. But not this one. Oh. So now what we're getting Without is... Well, helmet? Nope. We're getting a helmet that, okay. that gets put on. But it's the that resistance uh, jacket looking Poe figure that we've seen. Really? With a white helmet with blue stripes and a white X-Wing with blue stripes is on it. Is this the resistance jacket that you see uh, Finn wearing later Yeah. On? Okay. For whatever reason, they swap jackets like girls. I don't know what's <laughs> up with that. In the movie. Just like Han and, Le- and Lando did. In- right. I think there's hey, something Finn, about that hey, bromance. Finn, let, me, let, me try, let me try your shoes on there, Finn. Those look pretty good. <laughs> like, well, cool jacket. You want to wear it? Yeah. <laughs> and that's how the Force of the Awakens, Force Awakens starts. <laughs> so... Um, but that's really weird to me because I've been seeing several things that make me go, hmm. And and like I said, it's hard to say with you know with these just being toys or whatever. But so on the so it's the X wing and him as the mm-hmm. action figure. But it's not his black X wing. Okay, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. 
can you see who the astromech socket is? Is there a... It's BB-8. It is BB-8. Yeah. Okay. And in fact, I have... So I have a, a few of the different uh, X-Wings, and it's also BB-8 okay. in the blue X-Wing on, on the Resistance X-Wing, right? For everything they put out of that. On for the, um, the Fantasy Flight X-Wing game, they released as their name pilot, Poe Dameron. The art is of the white and blue X-Wing. So he starts off with the, the black and kind of one with the red stripes, right? Or maybe he, it's uh, black and orange, but maybe he switches to that, maybe? Mm. So here's, now, now are you ready for, are you ready for the, the weird part? Bring it. So, and, and you guys may know this, this, is, this has kind of been said uh, pretty, I'm pretty sure this is like Lucas released, all right? Um, they said that he is the, Poe is the leader of Black Squadron. Yes. That would make sense, yeah. Who was the first leader of Black Squadron that we know of? Are we are we uh, are we looking at EU? A uh, no. Hmm. Look, think back to the original trilogy. Black Squadron. Black Squadron was originally read or led by Darth Vader. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The uh, trench run. That's mm-hmm. right. That is black. Yeah. So the Cipher card game actually called those red two and three and yeah, that, or, I mean black two and three. Yeah. Oh really? See, I thought yeah. they were. Uh, I thought they had given them the names. Um, um, I, I know. I don't. I think that came from Lucasfilm. Okay. See, yeah. I was thinking like Mauler, Mythel, and all that. That the first time that stuff showed up was. So, um, I can't remember the those. I'm ones. not sure, but the, yeah. the the title Black Two and Black mm-hmm. Three. Or the, those those were Lucasfilm. Though. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, um, so it's, I'm trying to remember which ones, are, but I know there's like there's Mauler, Mythel. There's um, another. <laughs> Another ones, but anyhow, the, yeah. some some of the 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 Thai pilots, I know that at least one or two of them were named by Decipher. Yeah. Getting back yep. to what we were talking about earlier, but I find it really interesting in a movie where we have a lot of this uh, like worship and stuff, or like these cults around Vader and stuff, that we have one of the good guys who's the leader of the Black Squadron. So at least you, at one part in the are film, are you saying he's on the dark side? I'm saying I don't know what's going on. This well, is weird. Well, because, you know, when we saw the trailer, we did right. our reactions to it. Yes. One and that was the first thing that you said. You're like, I think he's... Because yeah. there was that scene where Poe mm-hmm. and Finn greet each other. And right before you see Poe, you hear Han Solo mm-hmm. say, the dark side, boom. Because that well, scene yeah. shows Poe and then right. the Jedi and it shows Finn. Well, mm-hmm. there's also the possibility, and this is just my hunch personally, that, you know, the First Order is a faction or an offshoot of the original empire and maybe mm-hmm. the empire and the rebellion kind of got together and worked together. Maybe I yeah, don't there know. Maybe more yeah. like blurred lines. Yeah, or exactly. Some connections. It's, I, I think it's, I, it's not going to be literally, it's not going to be a black and white thing. I think mm-hmm. there's going to be a, a big mess that happens and, and alliances are going to be formed. And you know, I, so God, I love this, all this speculation. Yeah. We just don't know. Exactly. And that's the thing is it's like it's like so you're like so so what are you thinking? I'm thinking I have no idea. Right. Right? You know, it's like I've got all these pieces but I lay them on the table and I don't know where how they go together. What's well, funny I said you to know? my wife today, I'm done with speculating. I'm just done with it. And now I, I keep doing it. I, can't, I keep speculating. It's because it, it's just so much fun. And that's right. the great thing about it right now, which you know, we had the T V spot come out today and it's I'm I'm like stop let's just hold it back i don't need any more but it's been so much fun with me going oh there's this thing here and that thing there and then saying well i still don't know anything you know like i don't like i've already come out with like seven different films 
You know, and probably not a one of them are going to be very close to the film that we'll actually get. And I'm completely okay That's with that. That's why we've subscribed to many Star Wars podcasts. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we oh, all yeah. are speculating. Oh, know? yeah. And it, what, the thing that I like, too, that I'm seeing a lot of is that there's, there's less spoiler stuff being supported now. Because oh, we're, yeah. we're all at that point to where we want to be surprised now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it, the speculation is so much fun because when we watch this movie, we're going to see these pieces start to fall in. Yeah. Your, your puzzles is going to be put together man oh yeah and, th- and that's the thing you know i've had so many movies because i've got to the point where you know star wars is different like i can't i can't avoid it right and so that's why i've been so so happy that we've been privileged enough to to not be getting so many leaks because you know like i was saying earlier spider-man not that that was a great film but the amazing spider-man 2 i knew everything going into it because mm. Uh, for one, they let people see, you know, there were people seeing it like months out in advance and they were going online and just spoiling it. And then uh, there was so much, um, you know, so many trailers and stuff where they were constantly trying to get people in to see that that film that they showed you everything. You know, they showed you so much that you basically had seen the movie by the time you got into right. the movie mm-hmm. because you pieced everything together in your head because it wasn't really hard to, to get from A to B, especially if you know the Star, Spider-Man story. So with this, I really hope this, you know, because Star Wars has always sort of set the trend. I hope this sets the trend of, hey, you, you don't have to give your audience everything. Yeah, That's it, what the movie's it, it's for. It's interesting you say that because a lot of the people that are in my age are remembering back when we saw the original trilogy and that um, we didn't have the internet. Right. We just all we had were some comics, some cards, and some trade magazines, you know. Mm-hmm. And but now movies, the movie promotions are done in a way now that they want to tease you, they want to throw this stuff at you, they want you to know half the story, they want you to, they want to put all the best scenes in the trailers now just to 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 get you to go see it, you know. Um, and so it, we're we're kind of like taking a step back with Star Wars here. We we yeah. want to live that, and we want to share that with our our families, yeah. you know. Yeah, there's it, what you said. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, when I saw the original trilogy, I walked in not knowing anything, yeah. especially the first movie. I knew nothing except yeah. my parents mm-hmm. had saw saw it like the night before and told me there's a a golden man, and I was like, I don't know what the, that means. <laughs> You're talking about three PM. I'm like, oh, like, mom, are you yeah. drinking again? <laughs> right. But it makes me think back to when Toy Story came out. Uh, I saw a pre premiere of it. Uh, through Disney, a friend of mine worked at Disney and said, "Oh, there's this new movie kind, and we're going to this pre-premiere." And I'm like, "Why the heck do I want to go see like a Disney animated movie?" Like I was, I just didn't feel like doing that, and I was just blown away. Had I seen previews and things, it probably would have been different. But because I had no expectations, I didn't right. know what to expect. Right. It was a really incredible experience. A perfect example of of what people are trying to do with the movie industry is all those. Uh, set releases that you've seen of the new uh, Superman versus Batman movie and the Joker and the or the Suicide Squad things that they're yeah. saying that they're leaked. Those are all done on purpose. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and that's and like I said, that's furthermore. I I mean, how do we even need to see you know the Batman versus Superman by the nope, time that it all, hits? Apparently. Yeah. I mean. It, <laughs> It's something new every day. At least it, there, yeah. it was there for a while. Yeah, and I'm they're like, saturating everything. It's with the so oversaturated. And like yeah. I said, it has been such a breath of fresh air. And it's like, and it come at such a great time too, because when you think back, you haven't had this uh, since the original trilogy, right? Um, not bashing the prequels, but 
we we knew the story. Yeah. We we knew how we we knew basically the gist of it, yeah. and we knew at the end, mm-hmm. Anakin. You, you know, we knew uh, Anakin would end up being trained by Obi Wan, and then we knew that uh, Anakin would then become Darth Vader. Yeah, and, we just and, wanted to you know, see how they he was going to have right pieces together. Right. Yeah. So right. so we were kind of figuring that out, but it wasn't like anyone would go, you know, by the end of all of these, he's going to end up being Darth Vader. You're like, well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> like I saw the original trilogy. You know right. what I'm saying? And that, that was just the nature of the beast, right? With this, because it's going forward, we have no idea. Yeah. We, have n- we, we have no idea, unless you're re- reading spoilers. And stop that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to so. cry like a little baby during that movie. I just know I am. Uh, well, because you haven't <laughs> slept all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Touche. Touche. I love that. That's good. <laughs> oh, but um, so, so the last thing that, uh, that I just wanted to bring up to anyone who's interested in in the black series and this is something that i i really enjoy they have the evolution of the stormtrooper six inch black series figures and so it's going to be the um the phase one clone trooper yeah i saw this the phase two clone trooper which is we haven't the closest we've gotten to that is um captain not Captain Rex. What was it? Commander uh, Cody. Commander Cody. So yeah. So the so the closest that we've got to that was Commander Cody, and then we're gonna get a stormtrooper with a new paint app. He kind of has like some blast shots looking on him, you know. And then we're going to have a uh, first order stormtrooper with a red pauldron. Huh. So so if I'm getting this, so the phase one clone trooper is gonna be like from uh, episode two. Yep. And then the phase uh, the phase two Commander Cody's kind of like Clone Wars episode three ish type thing. Yeah. And then you go to the New Hope kind of stormtrooper mm-hmm. original trilogy stormtrooper, and then you go to the First Order. Yep. And it's all four figures. And it's an Amazon exclusive. Wow. What's yep. the price point on that? Do you know? So I believe. It's pretty expensive. I think it's like eighty dollars, which is you know four figures at right, twenty right. twenty bucks a piece. That's pretty much the uh, the standard for, um, you know, for the black series what is that figures. What about Captain so. Phasma? Is, is that would that be like Phase Two First Order? Or <laughs> I think. Um, see, I don't know. I think it's it's kind of hard to really you know when you see it because you think okay. Well, we have like scout troopers, right? Right. And then, yeah, that's true. but but by the same token, snow troopers, right? Right. But by the same token, we also had the, um, you know, we had similarities for like on Kashyyyk. You know, we had something that was kind of like the scout trooper. So I think it's basically just the actual uh, stormtrooper itself, right? So so since Captain Phasma is kind of going to be this special armored commander, right? So, um. Yeah, I think I think they're just doing the four for right now, and let me let me get real quick to that, and I can tell you. So, I'm seeing uh, that's not the same thing. I'm like forty dollars is way too cheap. So yeah, so I'm looking at uh, seventy nine ninety nine, and it's going to be in stock on the tenth. So that's coming really soon. Wow. And um, actually, well, since I'm looking at it now, so we're actually getting a yellow paint app. On the first or the phase one, which is really cool because the the earlier one that we got was green, and then we're gonna get an all white paint app on the um, the phase two clone trooper. Like I said, it looks like uh, some blast marks all over the um, the original trilogy stormtrooper, and then this new 
Um, the new one just has the red pauldron on it. So and this is an Amazon exclusive that comes out on November 10th. Yep. Okay. Which so, was, which is basically probably by the time this podcast right. drops is already going to be out. So I that's just want to make days, people but, know that it wasn't December 10th when you said the 10th. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, November. Well, let me just double check, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what I said. November 10th, right? You said the 10th. Yeah. So yeah. I'm yeah assuming, November yeah, 10th. So by the so, time everybody's hearing this, it's out. Yeah. So, it, and it's the Amazon box art's exclusive? really cool. Yeah. Wow. Um, it, it has, looks like it maybe has like a fold. Yeah. It has a folding box. Um, and that, that box art is really cool. I'll let you take a, oh, a look fantastic. at that. Yeah. That is really cool. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look, everybody. Look at that. So it's possible by the time <laughs> this podcast comes out, it could be sold out. It re- unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately. Because Michael yeah. bought them all. <laughs> I only need the two. <laughs> two boxes? Yeah. Right? One to play with, one to keep in the box. Yeah. No, I'll just get the one. I'll keep them in That's the box. That's a collector's but, uh, code. <laughs> right. Like I said. One I, to open, one to play. Yeah. I, I, used to, I used to only do mint and box, and then Bruce is like, no, 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 take them out. And I'm like... Okay, so now I got to take them out, but I still have to have the ones in the box. And now I've got to buy these expensive stands to put them on so that they can be posed correctly. <laughs> yeah, and then what's funny is that because I take them out, but in this wave of Force Awakens, I haven't taken any out. <laughs> I haven't taken any of these out because let's be honest, they're five points of articulation. I have no problems with that at a seven dollar price well, yeah. point. I'm totally fine with that. But you can't play with them. But by the same token, uh, you I know, because they're not my, very posable, I'm just going to leave I still them in have the my packaging. Death Star from whatever 1978. From yeah, because, I mean, you look at this. You know, we talked about original art earlier. Like, how fantastic is that? You know, that art of the Captain Phasma there. It's yeah, just, the the, uh, the card backs they've had on these Force Awaken uh, figures are really, really cool. Yeah. And yeah. I'm glad they've put a lot into that. The only thing that's messed me up is you look down the bottom left when you're trying to find the the, the character's name if you're not familiar with. Them, right. You're looking at Age Ead Ead. Oh, oh, wait, there it's Captain Phasma. You're right. So you're how many me. how many Eads are they are, are they going to be in this movie? <laughs> Right. <laughs> or E-Dads, excuse me, E-Dads. I know, right. it always throws me out, off. I'm like, oh, wait, I think I already have this. Oh, no, that's not yeah. me. Yeah, I, I'm fine with the uh, five points articulation. I just, It's a good throwback to the original mm-hmm. ones. Um, yeah. And and like I said, you know, they're, they're, they're supposed to be doing the, the Black Series three and three quarters, so those I will I will take out of the packaging because this package, you know, on, on some of those, I just don't think the packaging really fits so i'll pull those out pose them or whatever but i'll have these on the cards i think they're nice cards i wish they didn't come with those stupid you know we're looking at phasma right here with this like saw blade weapon it's like okay that's um i don't think that's gonna be in the movie especially not with a yeah, green blade there but um you know whatever and then we have this stupid little like showing you how it works yeah. over here in the corner and it's like <laughs> take that out just fine charge me the same amount. i would literally pay the same amount of money happily for ones that just were you know center the the figure lose this little extra thing here so that i have that to look at and it's a nice cleaner looking card but that's just i want them to put those little extra things in the comics and novels when they come out i want you to shut up about this i want you to shut up about star trek and By the way, Mike, I wanted to thank you for uh, contributing to my uh, BB-8 collection. Or oh, yeah. You're now welcome, is man. it becoming yeah. a horde? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's kind of something I started with my daughter, but uh, I've been collecting everything BB-8 right now. It's It's been fun. So Yeah. You, you can tell I go on toy runs a lot. Yes. Right? Cause I, I love that. Thank I you dro- for looking out for me, man. I really appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. I picked up the BB-8 for you. I picked up the uh, the Captain Phasma three and three quarters for Bruce. I picked him up the uh, six-inch Stormtrooper, you know? So... I'm 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 staying on it for the most part. Now if I can just find that six inch plasma, I'll be set. But um, I picked up a, a Spock a mock time figure the other day. It was really cool. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I don't even you say these words and I'm like, are, 
Michael's hearing, I just picked up a blah, 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 blah. I'm like, (laughs) did they learn French without me? (laughs) He knows more than he's letting on. I don't know what you're talking about. So, Kevin, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Bruce, I guess, you know, thanks for showing up as always. Thank you for having me, man. This is a blast uh, walking down uh, memory lane with Decipher and Star Wars. And uh, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. So thanks oh, again yeah. for having me. It's been a blast. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, if you want, you want to play that, uh, the new game or, or you want to teach me the old Decipher game at some point, we definitely play those because that's, like yeah. I said, I, I get all those games. It's, it's so much fun. And, and to actually be immersed in the Star Wars, uh, you know, to be in it. That, I mean, that, that was a big thing about this podcast was, you know, I like the, the gaming and collecting because it's, it's, active things as a fan you know right, you're right, right, you're right. you're not just uh you know you're going and picking up your favorite character you're not just picking up a, a toy you know when you're playing a game you're playing as your favorite character right you know? or or if you're building a, a jedi deck or a, a, a rogue squadron deck you know you're, you're playing those elements that you love and, and stuff and that's like I said, that's what this is about. That's what I, I enjoy. So I really appreciate you coming no, on. I appreciate and talking it. I, I'd like to uh, let people know how they can get a hold of me in case they yeah. want to learn about the the Star Wars card game. Um, I, on Facebook, I'm Kevin the Raider Nerd Reitzel, uh, but also I have uh, a blog too, the Spartan Phoenix uh, movie blog. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Spartan underscore Phoenix. Also, uh, I just reactivated my Instagram at Spartan underscore Phoenix. Uh, it's a reference to the movie Demolition Man, by the way, one of my favorite guilty pleasure <laughs> films. So Spartan underscore Phoenix, uh, that's where you can get a hold of me. Awesome. And so uh, underscores, man, they must just run with the uh, Star Trek fans. Cause yes, um, it's, it's, it's a warp kind of signature <laughs> to our handles. In yeah. movie. Is that how Spock comes back to life? Yes. Okay, because don't don't you have a similar Twitter handle? I have at Admiral underscore Rex. So nice. lame, <laughs> like a Starfleet admiral. Nice. I like Admiral Akbar better. So <laughs> you can find me at Morris Isley on the Twitter, and then of course we have the uh, Cloud City Casino. Uh, on Twitter and then also the Facebook page so you can just search Cloud City Casino for those you can also um, if you're listening to us on uh, iTunes I guess you can find us there and just click over to subscribe Uh, leave us a review if you don't mind those are always good five stars preferably I know Bruce keeps saying no 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 I'm going to do a one star review and I'm like don't do it I'm going to punch you I have never said that, by the way. <laughs> no, I just like accusing you for random things that make no sense. Uh, but, of course, we're also on Stitcher and TuneIn now, is it? Yes, we are. That's right. We're growing. We're, we're show, showing up on all kinds of stuff. Well, because so many people have said, hey, I want to hear you on these other platforms. So that's why we're there. Is it that or is it that we haven't heard anybody and so we're like, well, I guess we need to try to get on more platforms. <laughs> We've really been hard on ourselves this episode. I'm, I'm just playing. Adam, you know um, I'm talking about you right now about Stitcher. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. Adam, Adam was looking for us on Stitcher. So, so we're there and he can now completely uh, marathon through our stuff. Um, but also, yeah, if you've got any questions or comments for us, you know, if you want to say, hey, I like this podcast, but I wish you'd stop talking about Star Trek. <laughs> Go ahead, send that to cloudcitycasino at gmail.com. I love Lord of the Rings. We will address that. I make do it too. Make it so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do that. Uh, and, um, you know, so we'll, we'll address that on air. We'll call you by name unless you don't want us to, in which case we will anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, Michael, uh-huh. come on. May the prophets be with you. 
What are you talking nice. about? Nice. I like that, Bruce. That was a good one. I st- I uh, that one I really like. There's there's no point. I don't know what you're talking about, but uh anyhow, holocrons are just orbs. That's all they are. That's true. <laughs> In the <this laughs> celestial temple. I'm so lost right now. So I think that's the time God, no Norm, time to if end Norm it. is listening to this, he is laughing right now. I just <laughs> right. know he is. All right. Thanks for joining the scoundrels and never forget Let the Wookiee win.